Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience, powered by Gasoline Alley Harley-Davidson. Today's guest is a returning guest. It's Brian Farrow from Show 001 of Talk and Chatter. When Brian got home from the Fink Desert race in June, we got the opportunity to sit down and discuss how the event went. I'm super proud on what Brian's achieved here and basically everything else that he sort of puts his mind to and he seems to achieve with his family. He's a uh, great, great character for our sport. Hope you all enjoy the show. Welcome, Brian Farrow. Hey. Actually, start again. Welcome back, Brian Farrow. Yeah, a few times now. Mate, you're my first, first guest that's actually a, uh, a double up. So, yeah. which is awesome. So, thanks for uh, thanks for coming back on. No worries, my pleasure. I've been frothing it. It's been going really good for you. I'm I'm wrapped. Can you believe it's 14 months since we did this? No, nah, we were talking about that earlier. I can't believe it's gone that quick. Nah, I feel like we blinked our eyes, and then you think like in that time, it's like shit. So much has happened. It's awesome. It's pretty cool. And last time when we spoke, you were explaining um, hooligan bikes to me. Yep. Now I've been fortunate enough to have a go on one. It, yep. I'd say against you, but I've seen you as you've gone past me a few times. <laughs> Cover me in dirt, but yeah, um, yeah we, we've done. Been fortunate enough to do some stuff in that, that period of time, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, got out to bang some bars. It's the cool. Best. Absolutely. Part of today is a think catch up. You've just done something that we same deal. We spoke of in the first show. Yep. Um, and it was show 001. Yep. Um, let's just get straight into it, mate. Congratulations on doing. Thank uh, you. Achieving a dream. Yep. Um, and a bucket list for a lot of people. Tell us about it. Yeah, and impossible for a lot of people. The amount of people that... Yeah. Even my close mates beforehand were like, oh, I've been out there. I really don't think you're going to be able to do it, you know? Like, wow. And so that just fueled my fire. And so, <laughs> But it's brilliant, mate. I'll start from the beginning. So um, obviously I've wanted to do it for a long time. Yep. Um, as I said in the first show, me and Dean Ross in the States, belly full of beers, <laughs> thought it'd be a good idea. And then, um, so it's kind of been gearing up for it for a bit. Obviously, last year it got cancelled because of COVID. So nothing happened there. Put it on the back burner. Pretty much forgot about it until the hype starts coming around. Fink's on again. Yep. And then um, I was always planning to do it on my Sportster, obviously. And then Gavin Walker turned up on the doorstep with Seth Enslow's old bike and Kane Saul's old bike. So I was, he pulled that out and said, let's do it on this. And, you know, right. it to get the chance to ride a bike. Seth was my idol as a kid, as most of us. Yeah. And so 10-year-old Brian would have kicked my ass if I didn't plonk my ass on it and race it, you know? Like, yeah, so very so is, fortunate. So is that literally how it come about? Gav came in and here's the bike? Literally. So Gav pretty <clears> – not turned up on my doorstep, but pretty much turned up on the doorstep um, and he'd sold his uh, dealership down in Mildura, Quick yep. Fix. So then um, Gavin Walker's like a legend of sport. Like everyone in the, in the Harley scene knows Gavin Walker. Like he's done so much for the scene over the years um, and still doing it, obviously, helping me do things. So he turned up a couple of containers and we're going through it. And next minute I see this XR1200 and I was just like a kinder candy store. I was like, oh, I know that bike. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so wheeled it out and um, straight away, because he's just a – frother like he just loves it through and through you know anything where all the stupid stuff he's all for so pushing the boundaries yeah absolutely yep. yep like he's had that bike out he done a lap around hadar on that bike actually which is arguably harder than fink you know like um the hadar race is arguably harder than fink but he yeah. did a, a lap of it like he's yeah he's not shy wow because yeah a lot of people do say that eh? that hadar is a it's a compact event compared but yep. 
difficulty is is extreme. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. I've never seen Hadar or anything. Nah. So I don't know. That's just Gav's done it all, and that's just what he says. You know. Yep. So, um, and I take that as the truth. So. Yep. Um, but yeah. So he ripped it out. We pretty much started probably the start of the year, I reckon, just dabbling with it, taking it out riding around the car park, getting it running, servicing it, getting it ready, and then started writing it on the dirt. So as you know, there's nothing around here that compares to Fink. And we didn't want to go up the beach until we at least knew it was going to handle a, fire, a rough fire trail, you know? Yep. So we just started riding it, bringing it back. I'd break numerous things. would start. Uh, JD was here. And so JD's a, a, a vet. He's a legend. He's, as I was saying before, he's like um, Rain Man. The guy can just do everything. Like, so he would literally disassemble the whole bike just about, catalogue everything, record like what was bent, what was broken, what we wanted to break, what we wanted to bend because if that bent, it means I didn't lose a foot peg mm. or, or if that broke, it means I didn't break a primary cover or like so he was all over that side of things. So all I literally had to do was go out, thrash it, bring it back, hand it to him, leave him be and go do my job, you know, like... Damn. So he was kind of like the secret weapon in the background, JD. So when you were testing stuff, mm. like, tell me like, tell me about testing. Like, I don't... Un- not I don't understand testing, but you're testing parts. You're not just testing yourself, I guess. There's a lot to it, eh? Oh, absolutely. Especially with that because there's so much unknown. So mm. um, one bit of a mistake we made is we were testing for the whoops you know like trying to make things stiff enough and strong enough to handle the whoops yep um which then we sacrifice a lot of plushness and feel for like corrugation and that was the biggest killer and fink turns out i, <laughs> I right. thought the whoops would be yeah because i couldn't skim them anyway it kind of just come to the jarry stuff so we would go out and like I say, just try and break everything I could. So I'd try and find a ledge or a jump or a really bad section of trail yeah. and just pound it, pound it, pound it so that we could work out what was going to happen, you know. Like we went out because um, rock suspension, they would come with me every time. They would like video the bike, play it in slow-mo, watch how the suspension would work. And, wow. and they only had – like we could only work with what we had. We didn't have the budget to go and put – all the crazy shocks on and everything like that. Yeah. So with what we had, rock suspension did far beyond what I, I thought we could achieve, you know, Fr- wow. from day one yep. to day of racing Fink is like chalk and cheese with the suspension. So when we're testing, you're basically just trying to destroy it as just much as possible. It. Yep. Yep. It's like training for a fight, I'd guess, you know, like you're just getting beat up in the gym and then fight days, hopefully you don't get that beat up, you know, like. Did so that feel foreign to you? Going out um, to break yeah. something? Yeah, yeah. Well, not just testing felt foreign for me. Like, yeah. the, even for hooligan racing, most of the time, mate, I just turn up. Like, yep. the, the bike's got a flat battery, you know. Not that, not full on that bad, but, like, I don't really do any testing unless yep. something's broken and my bike feels terrible. Um, I never really change anything, you know. Um, so, it was definitely foreign for me. Even racing motocross, I wouldn't really change a clicker because I just... Once something works, I just have a weird thing about not... Just leave it. Don't fuck with it. Just leave, yeah. it. <laughs> leave it alone, you know? Yeah. Like, um, where a lot of other people, which is a really good thing, like to play one way, play the other way, and, you know, you'll go backwards and forwards yep. and work out what works. So, yeah, it was definitely foreign for me. And it felt weird because it's kind of like... It kind of felt a bit like... Um, 
factory, you know, like yeah. it felt like a bit more than what, you know, I'm used to, that's for sure. Because, you, you know, like you, you work to do this, you know, it's a, it's your business is you, you know, yeah, as yeah. well. Like it's a, to try and be like a factory sort of writer, it's a different thing, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, <clears> yeah. <throat> and, that, and like I say, the support I had around me basically made me feel like that, you know, like from from Gavin to to Gabriel and Lockie at Rock Suspension and Roxy at Lockie Suspen- uh, Rock Suspension um, to everyone in here, to everybody, like even yep. the boys out the back, if I was doing something and they would be all over it, you know, they'd be like, yep, get out there, go. Like there was no sense of, oh, Brian's leaving work to go yep. ride his motorcycle, you know, like there was none of that. It just, the support wow. is crazy, mate. So I just, I literally felt like I was like the little factory dude that could just rock out and go do what I needed to do. Yep. Yeah, which was awesome. Tell me, tell me a bit more about the bike. So we're talking yep. XR 1200. Yep. Um, obviously done some crazy stuff in its time. Yep. Um, what what are the like? What's the forks on it? So it's got um, factory KYBs on it. Ah. So um, because back when Seth and Kane, well, obviously Seth did the world record jump on it. Yep. So and then Kane Saul did the world's first Harley backflip on that bike. So. Um, when they were doing all that, there was obviously, especially with Seth, there was a lot of interest from America. Yeah. So they had factory KYBs on there. So it wasn't until Gabriel pulled them down and was like, holy shit, these, you can't buy this stuff. Like, this is crazy. Oh, serious? Yeah. Ah. So I had, obviously I had no idea. Um, Gav knew, so Gav had like the little smirk, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what's up, you know. Yep. So, um, uh, so yeah, so the forks are factory KYBs with, really heavy duty aluminium triple trees yep so those triple trees are roughly 10 kilos each but they are there's a lot of weight in them because seth was doing record jumps with all these dirt bikes he would always um snap his triple trees gab reckoned that that was the only weakness so he went above and beyond to make sure there was no possible way he was going to break a triple tree on gab's bike you know um and that's like gab's either zero or a thousand like he's not going to do things 99%, 99%, you know? All in, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So he went above and beyond to make sure that that was never going to fail. And then from, and obviously got motocross bars on it. We put some bark busters on it, mainly to save levers when we crashed. Because um, obviously trees and stuff out of Fink, they're going to hit you and sting you, yep. but they're not going to rip you off. There's not like, if you're that far off the track, you actually hit a tree, you're very unlikely, you know? Yes. You're, you're way yep. off course. Um uh, so we did that, and then the back end wise extended the swing arm. So Gav extended the swing arms years ago, which which just gives it more travel and more stability with yep. obviously the jumps and with what we're doing because it's a higher speed. And then we actually had a lot of dramas with the swing arm. I kept destro- destroying the spherical bearings, so the bearings that actually mount the swing arm mm-hmm. to the bike, so they go into the rear engine mount. So yep. the rear engine mounts, Gav had already designed solid plastic inserts yeah. that went into the rubber mount. So it still had flex and movement, wow. but not as much so that it wasn't rigid, yeah. but, it's, uh, but it was way stronger because the engine mounts would just collapse, you know? So, but next to that is the spherical bearings that the, so that they can move and do everything yep. they need to do for the swing arm. And then, so I kept just with the side force, extended swing arm, big 150 mm. um, adventure bike tire on the back in the sand, moving like yep. at, you know, anywhere from anywhere from um, sort of 80 Ks to um, 130, 40 Ks an hour, you know, in the yep. sand. So 
just that force just kept blowing them out. And wow. we actually would blow out the housing where the spherical bearing would meet in the swing yep. arm and the bearing itself. So we ended up getting rid of that, changing the whole design of the bolts, putting roller bearings in there. So the roller bearings, obviously, a lot stronger design. Yep. And the beauty of that was they were sealed. So mm. obviously going out to Fink, sealed roller bearings, sand. Yep. Dust contaminants. It, yep. Exactly. That's the go. So, um, so we got that sorted and then actually snapped the swing arm three days before we're meant to leave for Fink. So three days before I'm standing there with a massive crack through the left side of the swing arm, freaking out. I rang my mate Mike Vanderberg and he's in the welding world. Yeah. He had a mate, um, I'll think of his name later, and um, he we ran it out to him, proper legend, welded it up straight away, sorted it all out. I was probably four hours, dropped it off, went back and got it. Wow. Put it all... Two days before the race, you know, like, so, well, two, sorry, not before the race, before we had to leave, before yeah, the truck to, had to leave to get there. Jeez. So I was thinking, we've done all this work for all these months, two days before we're meant to leave, for we might swing not arm. be going. For a swing arm. Just for a swing arm. Damn. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was freaking out. Same thing, like, all the boys, the JD in particular, was like, don't worry about it, mate. It's going to be fine. Yeah. It's no problem. Like that's like He was all over it. He knew my headspace needed to be 110% on casual, calm. You're about to do the hardest thing in your life you've ever done. Like, just relax, yep. mate. This is going to be fine. Far out. And so, which was awesome. So, we got all that sorted. So, then the swing arm was sorted. Apart from that, we put steg pegs on. So, our form of steg pegs was just <sighs> go to the skate bike shop, buy some big skateboard, yep. like uh, uh, longboard wheels. Yep. Chucked them on, made them up to where I felt comfortable. We changed them a few times just because I wasn't sure. I'd never ridden with steg pegs, mm. so I wasn't really sure where they were meant to be and where I wanted them. Did you use them? Yes. Yeah, Big flat time? out. Yeah. yeah. Saves your arms. So you literally just lean into them and just let go with your hands. Yeah. You, your hands essentially go, not limp, but pretty much, and you just let the bike float, you know. Yep. So the steg pegs are essential out there with that style of riding because you're going as fast as you can. Um, through deep sand, you as soon as you death grip, you're going backwards. Wow. Yeah, and then apart from that, uh, North Coast Custom Trim put f some foam in a seat for me, yep. but not too much because you sat on it. It's so tall. Oh, mate. When it kicks you in the ass, <laughs> yeah. I literally, um, the first or second time we went out test, hit this little sharp bump, did a handstand, proper handstand on the bars for half the length of the office, you know, 10 metres, full handstand, and I couldn't fall. I couldn't go forward. I couldn't go back. 60, 70 k's an hour. Uh, just come back down on the bike. So if you put any more in that, you're over the bars yep. with a good whack. Load you know? it up. It's all over. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And I guess yep. when you've got that weight, all that central weight up the front as well, yep. everything's weighting up there, you know? Yep. The front of the bike's so heavy. You, yep. If you see any videos of it, it looks like it's ploughing. It literally <laughs> looks like the, it's it's a bulldozer, you know? Like, we would joke out there that after I went through the whoops, you'd want to go because there'd be a flat section, you know? like Yeah, the guys behind you are laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally flattened them out. But um, it's just so heavy in the front. The, mm. the whole design of that Harley, literally, you can if, as soon as you look at it, it's just like, yeah, you, it looks like 70% of the weight is over that front wheel, you know? Yeah. Huge. 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 Yep. Mate, testing at the beach. Yeah. What was it like at the beach? Awesome. It would have been good, wouldn't it? Awesome. Yeah. So up the beach was great. So um, obviously you get there and I'm like, 
oh, I don't really know how this is going to go. Yeah. A bit like most of the things, you know, like you're unsure until you try. So got there, just went straight to the hard sand, obviously, work out, you yep. know, okay, this is Get sand. Get Yep. Yeah. And then started getting comfy there and then just slowly sneak up softer and softer and softer. So um, then got to a point where it's like going good pace experienced dirt like my kdm 250 will only do 120 k's in soft sand fifth yep. gear flat out but you hit bend. six you go backwards like yeah. <laughs> that's all it would do and there were times on the harley you'd be doing over 130 you know allegedly um so <laughs> the it definitely rips through the sand because it's got the power the but as soon as you slow down it buries mm. anything under 60 k's an hour in that soft sand you you're just doing everything you can to get above 60 again because it's so deep in the sand wow yep so um there's a track up there king boar we rode and that's got a bit of everything you've been there it's got from soft white beach sand to roots to rocks to sand to hard pack to hills good loop good loop you yep. know it's kind of really good training for fink like I say, nothing will simulate it, but it's it's good for us here. And so even up there, like some of them slow corners where it's whooped and sandy and it's a handful, mate, like because it just wants to plow you down Damn. and, and you, you want to be on top, you know, and you can't. Like yeah. a boat. It literally get is Get like, up on the plane. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because yep. you want to get up on top of the sand, out of the water, yep. essentially, and... You've got a ten-ton boat with a eight-horsepower <laughs> motor. You know, like you, it's going to take you half an hour to get on top. So once you're on top, mm. what is the ride like? Good. Um, it's actually really good up the beach. Yeah. It's it's the boys behind me reckons look scary as hell. So because well, the back's shaping. just moving, yep. but I don't really because it's so long as well. Mm. Like a small movement where I am at the seat is going to be huge at the back. You know. True. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it goes good and you just got to keep it pegged. Like even on the cut-ins, uh, they're just whooped out, like tracked out with um, full drive tracks. Yep. And I'll be going across them. Brrr, fine. It just pushed its way through because it's so soft. Yep. Um, that whoop, like a proper little roller whoop section on, on the other side. And we're going through there flying, you know, and it'll get like wheel over, wheel over, double over a couple. Yep. And it was great. But I tried that at Fink. Because there's so many of them, I just picked up too much speed. Once wow. you do, once you double one or roll a couple, you're going way too fast. Next minute, you're locked to lock to lock with everything, hoping two hundred kilos. Well, it's through. close to three hundred kilos. So the bike's two hundred and sixty-four kilos out of the factory. You're a madman, <laughs> <laughs> right? So yeah. out of the factory, but there's a big debate on this on the Think page. Um, really? Yeah, oh, people, yeah, so it's close to 300 kilos, right? Yep. So 264 kilos the bike. Yep. Those triple trees are almost 10 kilos each. For sure. 74, 84, plus the forks, plus everything else. Like, it's so close to 300 kilos. Man, that's a lot of weight. It's and Anyone that wants to argue it can come ride it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Come, <laughs> sit on it. Yeah. Like, I sat on it this morning and just the height, like, yeah. Standing up on the pegs, I said it to you before, would be scary. Yep. It's just high. It's so big. Like, it's uh, it's an amazing it, – what a feat. Yep. Seriously. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing as well. Like, people – you understand even more mm. the monster once you sit on it, let alone yep. even ride it around the car park. The first time I rode it around the car park here, I was like, oh, no. 
this thing is seriously. Oh yeah, I was like, this thing is scary to ride around the car. It doesn't turn. I've got no <laughs> lock. I was yeah. on lock, going, oh, that's all I've got, and, and it, like that's just in the car park. So that front wheel, front wheel tire. Yep. That's what Seth would have run. Same sort of setup, or has that changed a bit? Not very similar setup. Similar. That's okay. right. Yep. 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 So he ran a bit more of a chunkier knob, more so for looks, I believe, because they were jumping ramp to ramp. They realistically mm. probably could have done it on more of a road style tire, I'd imagine. Yep. Um, but they just look really cool, you know, yep. big chunky suits, Seth style down to a T. Look badass. Mad Max, right? Yeah. When I hundred percent this Max. morning. I'm like, it's Mad Max. When yep. you're talking about weight. The other part too is all the components, the other parts that you've put on for longevity to try and keep it, yep. keep it together, yep. I guess as well. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Sort of. Even like that front brake caliper mount. Yeah, the mount. Yep. So um, the first time I rode it, it had like sort of, they didn't have to use brakes, you know, they're doing one jump. They're yeah. not like, they're not worried about longevity. If, yep. So the first time I rode it, been in storage too, so I could have got a bit of a whack. Um, the front wheel, every time I'd leave the ground a little bit, would lock up. So I'm like ripping along this section going through like small whoops almost big stutters you would say and it would be going every time I'd go over them but I didn't want to pack it up because the first time I I just wanted to ride it as much as I possibly can because yeah yeah it was the first time I used it I wanted to see what would break what I could break what it felt like and I was having too much fun Um, so JD made all that up on the mill that thing's a piece of art you take it off it's got all countersunk holes to hold the caliper and holds the front end and it will never break and it will never fall off. You'd have to break Perfect. the forks for that to come off. So what happens to that bike now? Does it retire? I don't know. I'm, I know Gav was leading with the idea of putting it in a museum. Yeah. And I really hope he does. Like the, I don't think what I've done with it um, chalks up anywhere near what Seth and especially Kane. To be honest, I think Kane's what Kane's done with it. The backflip thing. Is, yeah. is that's the holy grail. Like I think that's the biggest feat and and closely um, by what Seth did with it, obviously, not taking anything away from that. But I just think backflipping that bike is ridiculous. Yeah. Whatever money he got paid to do it probably wasn't enough and I'm sure he got <laughs> paid p- penny, plenty. So, um, yeah, I hope, it, I hope it does go in a museum, more so for what they've done with it, um, just because no, still I don't think anyone's backflipped a Harley since. And that thing weighs a ton. Like, you're better off doing it on a sporty. You're almost better off doing it on an old diner. Like, it's so heavy. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I hope it goes in a museum. And I'm super proud that my name can be on that, you know. like sure. um, Like I said the other day, uh, the other year, um, searching for something. It's obviously one of the things I was sort of searching for, you know, is to do a bit of a world first. And obviously me and Dean Ross, he, he did come in to think before I did. Yep. So I don't know how that works out, but we both did think for the first time. On a Harley. On a Harley, you know, like, so, yeah, it's crazy. Mate, it's huge. Yeah. (laughs) How'd your training go? That was a big thing we were talking about last year. Yep. Talking about going through the the motions of doing that. How'd you go this year? Yeah, good. So same thing. I I started from a shit base. Like, I was so unfit, mate. Like, um... I think you said last year, piss fit was... Piss thing. Still, still was definitely piss fit. Okay. So I was hooligan racing fit, that's for sure. Like, Perfect, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good base. Yeah, so um, Levite 547 performance, same yep. as last time. Uh, mate, honestly, I've, I haven't felt this good in my adult life, you know, like um, uh, ate well, trained twice a week, 
kept active with other things, but not really, you know. The main thing was riding yep. and training twice a week. And even my eating wasn't like gnarly 400 grams of chicken and all that shit. I just ate consciously, you know. Like yep. instead of getting a pie and a caramel tart, I would get a wrap, you know. Like it wasn't that crazy. Yep. Um, I dropped 16 kilos. So from you when did. I, Yeah. So I went from 103 to 87. So and like and I wasn't trying to lose weight. Yeah. Like I was trying to build strength. So I wasn't. I definitely wasn't actively trying to yeah. drop the kilos. Um, the first time I think I weighed myself, I was 103 before training, and a little bit before training because I never used to weigh myself. Scales were just sitting there, and then um, uh, I would have weighed myself, and I was probably like 92 kilos or something. I was like, holy shit. I've lost a heap of weight. I didn't even realise, you know. And then, and that's when I sort of started to keep a bit more of an eye on it because I was yep. just wanted to see how much I would lose. You need know? new riding gear. Yeah, you would like to drop the size. Well, I mainly dropped like I seemed to carry all my weight in my midriff, so yeah, mainly right. my hips <laughs> kind of stay the same. It all, all, all just above, you know. I get the full hips dad don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I get the Shakira hips happening. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, but that was mate. And Levi, he, he does tailored programs yep. for like um, people like um, Kirk Gibbs mm. and Jesse Dobson and like. Um, Wilson Todd overseas and stuff like that. So, and plus he would do tailored programs for like Chris Reading was another bloke that was there training and he was doing Fink, you know, like, yep. um, and he smashed it. I, I don't know his exact results, so I won't bugger that up, but he did really well, you know. Um, and so he does programs for whatever you're doing mountain biking, surfing, motorbikes, road bikes, whatever you need yep. at home, in the gym, whatever, you know. So he's the man and he's a sports scientist, like, he's a freak. So, proper person that can actually tell you the right things yeah yep. exactly yep yep and then um uh yeah even like eating he can give you tailored eating programs and then all the um uh, the powders and stuff i put in my camel back yep he makes up so he gives you what you need to get through he's done the race he knows what carbs you need what electrolytes all that stuff so he's got like drink that half an hour before the race put this in your camel back make sure you drink your whole camel back in the race you know yep um, on Camelbacks, I actually use. Have you heard of Soul Stream? I see. I never did until you, your post. Yeah. So what is it? It's a button. Is that right? Yeah. So um, obviously, right in the Fink, like the I better say Fink bike, the Harley on at Fink. Yeah. You don't want to take your hands off the bars. So you're cruising along. You kind of want to sit down, grab your camel pack, put yep. it in your mouth, grab back on, drink it for a bit, spit it out. Right. It doesn't really happen. Like I didn't really sit down. Fuck all. Like, you can't sit down on that bike. <laughs> Seriously, like, we'll, we'll get to the race part, but are you just on the whole time? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, but that soul stream, so with him supplying that and he's like, you have to drink it, yeah. I was freaking out. I'm like, how am I going to, I'm going to have to be grabbing it all the time, you know? Yeah. Right um, after prologue, um, Gav and Sandy um, found this bloke selling these soul streams. So yeah. we actually ended up, putting it all together. He come out all the way out to the car park, ran through it with us, how it all works. And it's like a bubbler. So you press the button and it just squirts into your mouth. You just open your mouth and drink it. Even then I was like, oh, I don't know how that's going to work. You know, yeah. it kind of is going to go messy. everywhere. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it wasn't. It was great. The first couple were strange and then it was the best thing I ever did. We actually wired it up to my indicator button. Yep. So I'm just ripping along, hitting the left indicator. <laughs> it, pretty much every time it got dusty and I wanted to clean my goggles or something, I'd drink. Yep. I just sort of maybe like a quarter of the way in, maybe a bit longer. That was kind of just 
I just went, I need to clean my goggles. Every time I do that, I'm going to drink water. Yep. So it just kept me drinking. Wow. Yeah. So then like, because there's lots of little things like that that you're in your mind, you know. So um, yeah, so got that and that worked great. So I was able to take in all the sustenance that he gave me. Yep. Then the night at the other end, he gave me a full program what to eat. So I took certain foods with me to help with um, inflammation and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So yeah, the training side of things was massive. Wow. And um, I'm actually going to get back into it um, next week and keep keep it going you know i was gonna ask you that did you take the time off when you got home i actually went straight back to training on the monday after we got home so we raced obviously the sunday monday yes we got back on whatever day it was and then that weekend then went back on the monday yep i probably shouldn't have i was too tired i was knackered mate i, yep. I was so sore afterwards and tired and so then i just took the rest of that week off and then covid it so give me two weeks off for sure yeah, yeah which has been great i reckon too like um I don't know if it's the right word, but like emotional fatigue. Yep. Like you've had like a pro six months yep. and then it just stops. Yep. You, you, you're just knackered. You yep. know, every, mental fatigue probably, that's probably better. You yeah, know, yeah, you're probably yeah, but it is emotional well. fatigue, fatigue too. You're just Absolutely. Gone. Like, mate, the, the emotions in that race yep. are crazy. So um, the emotional fatigue, it, after it was all done, smoke had settled, the hype's gone, yeah. back to normal life, you know, like it, it was like, ugh, it was like a, the weight's off, but you're tired, you know? Yep. Like, that's what I said to the boys. Once I even got back to work, I thought I was fine. I'm like, oh, I am knackered. Like, I'm proper knackered. And they're like, yeah, no. You should no be. Way, no. <laughs> you <laughs> should like, be. But I felt fine sitting at home. Like, And so, yeah, it probably took, realistically, it's probably just now that I'm over it. It took, took a few weeks. What about cleaning? How long did it take to clean everything? Oh, ages. <laughs> yeah, we're still cleaning. So the th- <laughs> that dirt and dust, that red dirt. Yeah. It just gets everywhere, you know, like the the kids, the pram, the bike, the everything. Yeah. Just gone. Yeah. Gone. We we got that um see that truck we had? Yes. I'm gonna talk to you about this thing. Oh. So Daimler Sunshine Coast? Exactly, yep. What what was it? Like it, apart from one of the best looking trucks going around. So it's the Mitsubishi Cantor, so it's a few all wheel drive four wheel drive. Four wheel drive. Um massive, like jacked up, big wheels. So um, did you put the bike in the tray? Yep, yep, and bike went in the tray. Jamie, yourself? No, nah, so we flew. So my, my my dad, his mate, Robbo and JD all went in the cars and Gavin Sandy. Yep. So because so, it's a seven-seater, but they took three cars because everyone sort of wanted their own car. And then so um, they went up, they went across the Plenty Highway, everything like that. Yep. Never once put in full drive, never locked. The whole trip never put in full drive, never locked the hubs, nothing. Nothing? Yep. Doing 120 k's an hour down the plenty every, the whole way. Wow. Yep. Like it just. What a machine. It is on the service road. The service road's worse than the track in some spots. Mm. And they're ripping along because I'm riding the track. They're ripping along, follow me. It just blasts. Mate, that honestly, like, it, I know everyone's always going to say, like, oh, they've given me this truck to use. It's the best thing in the world. That thing is actually the best thing in the world. Like, it's unbelievable. As soon as we got back, I'm, I'm buying it. I, I just want to buy it, so I can't afford it, but I want to buy I it. I was going to so. say to you, would, would that be something you'd buy? Absolutely, yep. yeah. But keep the budget out of it. That would be something that you'd like. Oh, abs- yeah. I'd buy that over Cruiser every day of the week. Wow. So that's 100 grand as it sits. Wow, that's with the cruiser. tent, the annex, all that, um, the, like, roof rack style things that come all the way over the front. Wow. The boxes, got a winch. Brand new. Yeah, well, it's... Demo, but demo, brand new, yeah. yeah. And then um, uh, what else has got? Suspension, 
bracing on the diffs, like the list goes on and on, you know. Like You don't even get a, a grab handle in a cruiser for a hundred grand. That's right. So, and it's a seven seater. It's got like the air seat, the driver's got like the truck. Oh, is it comfy? Air seat. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Comfy, yeah. The more loaded up, the better it is. So okay. obviously so they can set them up any way you want. Yep. So if you were doing it a family vehicle, you're only gonna put a dirt bike on the back and camping gear, yeah. then you'd probably set it up a little bit softer, you know, like depending on where you're headed to, obviously. Um, so, yeah, they would set it up any way you want. I, I like that, that sort of vehicles, that's me. I think yep. that's just, I, I don't really care for other things too much, but yep. that would be like the perfect thing just to do everything that I'd want to do. Yeah. You feel know, like a legend to... driving it too because you're so high. Yeah, it's massive. <laughs> you pull up next to a truck, you're just looking straight in their window like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With an XR1200 on the back. Yeah, yeah. Mate, that truck probably got <sighs> as much um, uh, publicity as the bike, you know, like the amount of people that would come up to talk yep. about the truck or to talk about the bike was insane. Really? No matter where we went, yeah. 140K mark, there were some guys driving, had no idea Fink was even on, just cruising along in their cruisers. Yep. They all pulled up just to quiz everything they could about the truck yeah because they're all doing big they're all retired i presume doing big tours all they wanted to know is what is the truck what's been done yeah because we went flying past them they'll they're in full drive cruising along what's uh, this thing so um yeah it was great yeah hands down best vehicle absolutely mate uh, yeah uh, actually who did the photos who did the night photos of that um james robinson so um fireball jimmy yeah yeah yep. so um oh, pretty cool yeah james robinson photography like he yep. made he he's a good mate of ours and he smashed it like he used to do a lot of weather and nighttime photography yep and um he'd never really done any sports style photography before yep. did you see that photo he got a toby price in uh, the truck in the truck is that one of his yeah, yeah. and blasting the roost all the way above the cherry picker was this out at um, prologue? The prologue section. Yeah. So um, his photos were crazy. He actually just sent me through a heap and even flying along, you zoom in, yep. it's clear, crystal, crystal clear. Nice. So, yeah, he did all the photos, that nighttime photo of the trucks. That was cool. Bonkers. Yeah. yeah, as soon as I seen that, I'm like, man, this is a pretty cool looking thing. I wonder who, yeah. wonder who did that, you know, because... Yeah, so Robbo did it. Yeah, the night stuff's hard. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, the whole lot's hard to me. I can't take a photo. <laughs> I, I thought it was just press the button, but it's not that easy. A bit more, but yeah. nah, it's all good. Um, tell, tell me about the trip out. Did they have a good time? Yeah, so they loved it. So they just sort of pulled up wherever they wanted. No my stress. Old, my old man hasn't really had a holiday in I don't know how long. So it was great, mate. I, um, as like from the first one, I got all, like very fortunate to have my dad, you know. So yep. um, it was awesome seeing him. Just loving it. He just loved the whole trip. The whole thing? Yeah, whole thing, mate. Yep. He was proud as punch. He loved to just get away with the boys and pull up at a pub, have enough beers to put him to sleep and get up and do it again next the day. next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a, it's a haul and a half. He drove the whole way. Really? But there's more people in the car. But he did the whole... He did the whole way. Like, he just loves it. Yeah. yeah. Loves... Him and my brother are saying They can just hop behind a car and drive through the night. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, your brother, I've only met him a couple of times now. Yeah. But what a dude, eh? Yeah, he's a legend. <laughs> One of the hardest handshakes going around, too. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, broke me this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Especially early. Yeah, yeah. Like, cold, oh. head, cold, wet hands. <laughs> yeah, that's the old man. The old man always. Firm handshake. It's look good. him in the eye. Ah, it's yeah, good. yeah clip you on the ear if you didn't think yep. you get there what yep. happens like we've we've gone through the development yep. tuning the bike everything like that what happens when you actually get out there out so to Alice anyway we got there Wednesday basically Wednesday Arvo right by the yep. time we got there 
they lost our luggage, right? So we, we get there with two kids. It's freezing, middle of the day freezing. In the um, desert. Like, in the middle of the desert yeah. with uh, one bag of clothing, you know, like and luckily it had probably a day's worth of kids' clothes in it and then our jackets, which was lucky. So we're, we get there, gin around on trying to work out where all that is and organise all that, get to the shops, buy the yep. kids' stuff so that they're warm and everything like that and then get to our accommodation, sort all that out, the day's done. So Thursday morning, got up. Loaded the truck, got all the stuff off the truck, just loaded the, what we needed for the day, went out to the old start line. Mm-hmm. So got there, sort of got the team together, worked out what we're going to do. We're going to ride from here and then um, met up with – so Roxy from um, Rock Suspension was out there as well um, with her partner, Joe, who was racing. Right. So he was, he's a legend. He met me there. He was there way before I was there because I told him I was going to be there earlier and – didn't happen. So poor bugger's sitting there waiting. And it's freezing. Like, it's proper cold. Seriously, it was it's cold out there. Cold, yeah. I had no idea. And, like, middle of the day it was cold. And then um, – so he's waiting for us. We get there, unload everything, gin around, sort of in the car park sort of area there, readjust the chain, readjust a few things, and then get going. So at this point I've got – in my mind, I've got imprinted what I believe – think's going to be and that's the most dangerous thing you've ever done in your life with holes and whoops and rocks and roots and potentially drop-offs and everything you know like every couple of meters there's going to be a near-death experience so i get on the bike i'm grip death gripping the hell out of it ripping along and i'm trying to put in in my mind i'm like hop on the bike cruise along get your feet put the helmet on, put the goggles on, and I just all went out the window, you know. I'm, I'm trying to – realistically, I, sh- I was trying to ride fast knowing that any second the thing could be completely out of shape. Mm. Fink is very hard, but it's not that technical at the pace I was riding it at because um, it's obviously very technical, but it's not like riding through the bush where you're riding a real techie section and it's one first gear – Single trail. Yeah, it's not like that, you know. So you can actually relax on the bike. So it took me to the 80K mark to figure that out. So I'm ripping along and and it's in the sand and there's hard-packed corners and I'm thinking – because all the sand's just pushed out of the corners from all the traffic pre-running. Yep. And um, so there's these hard-packed corners and I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting corners. Where are these corners coming from? (laughs) Everyone told me there's two corners in the whole race. We've already passed four, you know, like – and so – it was literally that first probably 40 to 50 Ks. I'd arm pump. I was breathing heavy. Like, I wasn't even breathing. So pre-running was great. Got to the 80K yeah. mark, sort of uh, – actually, it was a bit before the 80K mark. So the first time you sort of cross the road, mm-hmm. just before you start to get into whoops. So that first bit is kind of pretty cruisy. It's all just deepish sand, a couple of holes – Bit, a little bit undulated but not really whoopy yep. um, a little like a little hill the sand hills were super hard on the Harley right because it's so heavy it just wants to bury into the hill as you're coming in so I'd just have to go back to first but you can do probably 70 k's an hour in first on that yep. thing you know like back to first and just hold it flat and just wham, bam, 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 bam. so what gear would you be say generally cruising in would you fourth third to fourth yeah right yep. so you'd be banging it back down to yeah wow yep 
And then, um, but you once I realised where they sort of, because you and as well, when I first got on the bike, I was looking at the guard, like I'm riding along looking for any hole or bump. Yep. I wasn't even looking ahead, you know, like I made all the rookie errors straight off the bat. Straight into being a freshman. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Really in it. Yeah, yeah, literally felt like I never rode a bike before. Wow. But um, so, and it was good because it was clear air, like Joe was really good. He kind of just rode beside me just to sort of set a mallow dirt bike pace yep. and I could just sort of sit with him there, you know, and, and then he would just sneak ahead a bit and then cruise so I wasn't getting dusted out. Like he yep. was really good. And then so we got to the crossover section and I was like, I'd already ripped some skin off one of my thumbs and some blokes from just up the road here, Black Cat Civil, just so happened to be cruising past, you know. I actually seen them. I was riding along and I seen them on the service road and I was like, I just put the hammer down because I wanted to pass them like <laughs> along the service road and yeah. so they could hear the Harley ripping. So one of the blokes there just taped me thumb up, which saved me because if that had gotten any worse in the race, it would have just tore apart and I would have been fucked. Was proper. that from gripping? Yeah, just death gripping. I was just death gripping. I was the, the rest of the week I was fine. Like, um, mate, you you ride bikes all the time. Yeah, like, isn't, that's isn't that crazy to think though? You're like, yeah, eighty k is in, yeah, or whatever, and that's happening. Like, yeah, it's not like your your hands are soft. Like you ride all the time. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's just that fear, like the not even fear, just the perception I had yep. of what it was going to be. Mm. I, I built it up so much gnarlier which is a good thing, so much gnarlier than what it was yep. that when I got there, I was like, all right, I'm about any second now, I'm going to get a near-death experience <laughs> and I'm just waiting for it, you know. I'm waiting for just the hold biggest on. kick of in the ass or, or, or tank slapper or hole or whatever it would be because the stories, like, the stories are all true that you hear mm. but you, you calculate them into much shorter time frames like there was plenty of new death experiences in that track but you know there's 20 over that's one every what 10 kilometers yeah you know what i mean it's like not, not every 100 meters no yeah. no and like 80 k's that's a big enduro loop here mm. 80 kilometers you're not even you're not even halfway like you're no you're third a third third into it yeah yep. and so um after that cross the road and then you start to get it. There's a rocky section and then you start to get into whoops. Right. So that's when it starts. So it basically starts there. So um, that was my first taste of think whoops. I tried like wheel over a couple and tried to hop a few later in the, I think the, that was actually the second time. But so I was just like a BMX bike. Yep. Soak, push, soak, push, soak, push. That's pump all track. I could do. Yep. Just pump, 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 pump. And so then we got to the actual 80k so it's only another that must be roughly 60 ish where you cross the road got to the 80k mark where the first fuel stop is and pulled up there waited for everyone to sort of catch up and work out what we're going to do from there yeah joe had to go back and then um rossi caught up rossi was meant to come early in the morning but same thing had shit going on in the morning and um rossi caught up and then he loaded his bike in the ute and he had um Jamie and the girls in the ute with him and his missus and they ripped along the road and I kept riding. Mm. And then got to roughly the 95k mark and just coming around. I, so after there, you rip along and it kind of opens up. It's like this real weird spot in Fink where it opens like, like just flat 
it's just flat and opens right up and there's big hills way in the distance and it kind of goes like a road section. Wow, well, so you can just see for... Oh, quite a way, yeah. Not yeah. that you're, I'm not really looking around much, but it just opens up. Yep. There's no real shrubbery. It's and not like that other track that you see where it's banked up and yeah, and the wow. dirt changes. It goes to like more of a white sand. Yeah, which so they've got like this. It's like talcum powder, right? It's the best way to describe it. <laughs> that was the hardest obstacle in Fink for me was that talcum powder because the same thing. The, the weight of the bike, it just wanted to bury and you couldn't skim on it or anything. Like it got that bad. It was ripping people's feet off foot pegs. It's like you've got to aquaplane it, you know. Um, so we're rip, I'm ripping along there and spots there you'll get well over 100 k's an hour, you know. And that's one of the spots where I'm roughly doing – I'm way over 100 k's an hour turning and the front – so the side knobs that you see that front tyre, it's a rear yep. tyre on the front. There's no side knobs. It's like a no. square. So it's a crew cut. Yeah, <laughs> it is exactly. Yeah, it's a crew yeah. cut. That's the best way to describe it. So I'm trying to turn and it's just the front's just floating away from me. So that's I just went stale, like that falling feeling where you go stale. I'm just like, <gasps> bang, it will grab again and away I go again. So I'm like gliding across like pebbly sort of rocks on a 300 kilo Harley with no grip, hoping it's about to grab. Grab, go again, you know, like that part was actually real fun. And, and I thought that that was a good spot for a break in the race there yep. because you can kind of hold it wedge, sit right on the edge of the track and it's, you know, it's real corrugated through there. Yep. I thought that would be a good spot for me to sit down and get a bit of a break. Um, as I'm riding, I'm trying to like sort of already um, – I think that's my biggest strength is I'm, I'm pretty like um, – Calcul- not calculated, clever. Mm. Pretty clever with the way I ride. Like I'm already trying to like implement things yep. for race day or situations, like situations, and, yep. and where I can rest, and you know where I can put the hammer down and stuff like that. So got through there and feeling really good. I had those moments with the front pushing and felt good with it. Got to this left hander, just going two k's an hour too fast. Washed the front, down it went. I couldn't even pick it up. So I was on an off-camber corner, so it was down yeah. a little bit. I'm there busting to try and pick it up. I couldn't, so I waved – luckily there was a guy coming. Waved him down. Me and him struggled to lift it. Wow. And I'd snap my foot peg off. Yep. So the bracket. So that's one of the things we wanted the bolts to break. Mm. Otherwise, you would snap the foot peg. If the foot peg snapped, we can't just put new bolts in it, you yep. know. Um, so snap the bolts off there, put in my camel pack, cruised out to the service road. Um, Dean and the missus and that, they were up further. They were like, where'd he go? They finally come back down, found me, talked to them. Then um, JD and Gav turned up and the truck was up way further. So the truck had shot up to get photos at the 140K mark roughly at the big water tank. So they'd shot up there to get photos of me coming through because the whoops and gnarly there. And um, so we'd gotten onto them they were coming back I was like oh I'll just cruise along the service road and catch the truck mm-hmm. coming back um, the mistake I made was thought there was only one road this whole way so I'm cruising along and there's a left turn I didn't even see it I seen like junk on the side there's like an ATM machine and stuff in the middle of the desert like Seriously? obviously it doesn't work but, but just, sitting just, just sitting there <laughs> and so um, I'm ripping along I seen that I didn't even look there's a road that goes down that way yep Next minute I turn out in this little town, I'm looking around, I'm thinking, there's no bikes, there's no cars, I don't know if I'm in the right place, but then there's this big sign with painted on it with an arrow, Fink. 
then a couple of cars come through and they follow that. And I'm like, well, that's got to be the way to where the truck is. Come yep. along that way. Next minute, we're kind of going along this goat track. I pull up and talk to these dudes. I'm like, is this the way to think? Like, we don't know. Oh, great. <laughs> so <laughs> we're all lost. Yeah. So I'm ripping along. Next minute, I'm pretty close to 120, 130 mark roughly. And I've seen these dudes up in the camp and I pull up and I'm like, have you seen this big green truck? And they're like, yeah, it flew past that way ages ago. And I was like, bugger. So, so I'm heading back the other way. Now, the actual – so I've got one foot peg, mind you. So yep. I'm riding along with my foot on the primary. Just hovering. Her. Yeah, yeah. It's just sitting there on the primary, slipping off. And so I'm riding along the service road. The service road, next minute's terrible, like bulldust and corrugated. And, and I'm looking at the track. I'm thinking – Probably it probably looks better in there, so I pop back on the track. It's after twelve, so you can go back the other way. So I'm going back the other way. So I'm riding the track, one foot peg, looking for a truck. I ended up doing 130 k's of riding around, looking. For, it was my mistake. I should have just sat still. Yep. I was all excited. I just wanted to look around, you know, yep. like see as much as I could. So everyone's freaking out. People are ringing Jamie. Have you seen Brian? <laughs> they oh. ring me old man. Dad's sitting in the pub in Alice Springs. I haven't seen him walk into the pub. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't worried at all. <laughs> so that's day one of testing. Mate, what a day. Oh, and so everyone's wigging out. Everyone's arguing and I'm thinking, oh, it's all my fault. I should have just sat still. So I just told everyone, my fault. Yep. Don't argue with each other. It's I'll my bad. It. Yep. Like I should have sat still, you know. Have your bags turned up yet? No. Still no bags. No, uh, no they had. So Jamie, after Dean um, took them back to town, yep. Jamie um, went in, got our bags and everything. So they're there. Um, so I got back. We sort of debriefed with everyone. Was a bit like <laughs> heated, you know. Like um, no one was bad, but yep. it was just it was just a shit vibe. Bit of tension. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, which cleared up real quick, you know. Once we sort of – everyone thought about it, everyone was safe. Because yep. everyone was just freaking out that I was dead on the side of the track somewhere, you know, like, um, which is fair enough. So there's something you touched on too. Is that how it works after midday? You're allowed to go back the other way. Yeah, so in the morning yep. you go um, from Alice towards Fink. Yep. And then midday I believe it's an hour break from 12 to 1, something yep. like that. And then um, – or half an hour, whatever it is. And then it flips and everyone comes back the other way. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So um, so then day two, wake up. I'm like, right, well, I want to start from the 80K mark yep. because I want to ride this section where I crashed. So I figured that's a good point to start. Mm -hmm. So we started at 80Ks, went through there, got to the corner where I crashed and I'd slowed right down because in my mind, I wasn't sure whether it was the track that I crashed or just going a little bit too quick. Yep. Like was it a really hard – overnight I'm like playing it, overplaying it, you know, like is it just a hard corner or – was I just going too quick, you know? Mm. So come in, it was easy corner. It was just, I was just going too quick. It was hard, hard pack on the inside and sandy on the outside. And yep. I was on the inside, the front just slid. It was all over Red Rover. So went through that, perfect. No worries whatsoever. Kept ripping along. Then um, the whoops really start. So the whoops kick off and it's like, it, you can't even describe it. What everyone says, like I say, is true. Everyone's got a different description. Yeah. But they just go for forever, mate. Like, they don't stop. And you'll get, like, this little <laughs> spot where you can see that the dirt's pushed up on a few. You're like, oh. You get a bit of a break because I'm just so – then I'm like, right, race day, race pace. How am I going to do this? Yep. How am I going to get this bike through these whoops? Can I – 
what can I do? Can I get over them? Mm. Do I have to BMX them? So um, got the wheel over a couple. There was sort of a nice section on the very start of where the whoops sort of start. And there's kind of like a nice couple of rolly ones with a good gap. Right. So come for the Harley flying in, wheel over, wheel over, hopped, just sort of made the next one, probably bellied it a little bit, all out of shape. Like, because from there, what do you do? There's another 100 kilometres of them. <laughs> so I, I was literally lock to lock, like, on the limiter, thought it was all over Red Rover. I was looking for the softest spot I could find to land, you know? Wow. Like, so this is on day two? This is on day two. Mm. So this is on Friday. Yep. Prologue Saturday. So this is, like, all super that, last minute. Yeah, ain't much time. <laughs> So um, it was a big toss-up whether I even ride that day yep. and how much I ride. Like, how much do you ride the day before prologue? But prologue's only eight kilometres. Mm. So then we're, like, doing that mind wrestle of eight Ks is nothing. Yep. I'm not looking to do well in prologue anyway. Um, I'm looking to just get through prologue. Yep. What do we do? So, right, well, I need the time on the bike. Let's just send it, see how we go. So coming through the whoops, have a massive moment, recoup myself, like, just get it all back together. Keep going. Start BMXing it again. And then I get the rush of blood. Like, this is going really good. Let's yep. try this again. Open it up. Same thing. Tried it again. S- exact same scenario. Got, got, I actually didn't jump a set again. I just wheelied through a few. And then, same, there's 100 Ks of them. Like, you can't do it. It just, it doesn't want to do it. So, got all <laughs> out of shape. Yep. And then, so, just kept plummeting through them. Got to 140K mark. Got to 140Ks, waited there for the boys. There was, And then they all got there and I was frothing. I felt really, really good on the bike. The bike felt great. The team was happy. I was happy. Uh, all I, Now all I wanted to do was get to race day. Like, it, you know what it's like? When you get off and everything's on a high. Yep. Don't ch- ch- oh, we made some suspension changes too. So between day one and day two of testing, as I was saying before, the corrugation, I made a mistake of setting up the suspension, my fault, for the whoops. The G outs and... Exactly, yep. big hits, and so it's got to be stiff, and, you yep. know, we've got a lot of weight, and we set it up, I set it up, too stiff. So, perfect for the whoops, if we could skim, but we couldn't. Mm-hmm. We couldn't use the whoops in the way that I thought we could. So, um, the corrugation, everything was just beating me to pulp, you know. Yep. My, I had a couple of big hits on my right wrist. My wrist was sore. So, he, I rang Gabriel Rock Suspension. He gave me some changes. So, then I made those changes. Yep. Way better. Night and day. A lot better. You know, still you're riding a 300 kilo jackhammer, but it was <laughs> a lot better. Um, so, um, felt great. I was frothing. They're there. Do you want to change it? Don't change a thing. Don't touch anything. Just Don't change it. anything. Rub it up in bubble wrap, put it on the truck, leave it alone. You so know? it was enough to, to ch- like literally change a good to a good setting. Like yes, yep. good as a three hundred kilo jacket yep. would be. Yeah, we, we co- could have tried more. You know, we could have probably tried to change the settings that way a little bit more. Yep. We we may have, but like I don't like changing stuff. Yep, like felt good. I Find felt a good. good. Base. Yep. I was I was on a high. We're, we're two days out from race day. Yeah. Like, even to change the settings means I've got to ride more. Mm. I'd just ridden from 80 to 140, you know, like, so I'd ridden 80K or 90Ks the first day, well, 130Ks the first day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, 60Ks day two. So that's, you know, just under 200 kilometres in two days. Yep. That will do me, you know. Is there many people out 
doing testing when you're like, do you see many people? Like, so the first day we tested, there was a fair few. Yeah. Um, next day, not really, because it's so close to race day. Everyone's yep. already done it. People have been there for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. At the last minute, you know, yep. like that's last minute is two weeks before. Um, so the other day there was four or five people out. You know, like okay. there's yep. bugger all um, that I've seen. There's, there would have been way more, but um, and a lot of people were going from one like from say 100 to 160 mm. just to hit the whoops, you know? Yep. Because um, everyone says after 160, there's no more whoops. From there, it's a highway. Once you get to 160, you've made the race, right? That's the that's the slang getting passed around the pits. <laughs> we'll touch base on that later. So <laughs> the um, get back to camp, stoked, everyone's frothing, get a good yep. meal, get a good night's sleep. The... Um, the the girls are pumped for me. Like Jamie and the girls are super excited. Everyone's happy. Happy days. Not really nervous about prologue that night or anything like that. Yep. Just kind of kind of cruising. So get to wake up, get to prologue, butterflies start kicking in. We sort of – I get there, do the sign-on and stuff, watch Toby Price rip around in the truck, which was incredible. And then, um, then it starts like – This is right. real. Yeah, you know, like – the biggest fear for me for prologue was I so I didn't they didn't allow anyone to walk the track yeah. and then they did but then they did so then they changed their mind on that and people walked it but I ran out of time because I was pre-running okay so I ran out of time to walk it so the best look I got from the track was where you stand at the crowd and kind of look over such an unsafe thing to do oh absolutely like not like, let people walk the place that they're about but to they ride. did so in the, like, which is they, good that's yeah. right absolutely yep. yep um so I just ran out of time to do it yep and then, so my biggest fear was getting injured in front of the girls. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I just had like this overwhelming <clears throat> sense of don't be a dickhead. Yeah. You could throw it all away here, right in front of your daughters. You know, like, um, I didn't want that at all. So there was a big rush of that yep. sort of lining up. Yep. And then, um, uh, they look like they're all so proud. They're all cheering me on and all that. And then I'm like, oh, I don't, really don't want to. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna cheer me on whether I come dead last or first. Like they don't yep. care, you know. So, um, so on the line, I got pretty lucky actually. It was me and one other bloke, and the other bloke got thirteenth the year before or something. So he was gonna smoke me. There was no no stress there whatsoever. Yep. Um, take off, sort of all over the place off the start. Get going. Can't see a thing. Everyone's the same thing. Everyone's like, don't shut off until you get to that first corner. Like, don't even it's, – it's, it's got a little sort of chicane. Hold it wedge. But I couldn't see a thing. I didn't know where I was going. So I shut off, you know, yep. like I was cruising. Get through some spots. Mate, there was just big holes everywhere and like – and the dust lasted for a while, even with old mate flying. Do you and remember what time you were on for the prologue? Late, late in the day. Because like – this is the thing too, like for people to understand, like I think Toby was at seven o'clock. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, I'm the, late in the day because I was 244. So they go reverse. So there's a day of people running over this thing. Yep. Like that's for, you know, for people that listen to that, don't understand it. Like this track is hammered. Yep. Like it's cops a day of pounding. You oh, know? yeah. Eight it's, kilometers of torture. Plus like people pre run the, um, they've got like open times where people pre run the prologue track. Ah. So it's had all that as well. I'm sure they prep it, but it's had buggies and cars just destroying For a day. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, like, the track's rough, mate. Like, so not only that, there's already been some injuries. So there's, you know, in the pits, people are saying people are already hurt and blah, blah, blah. And there's this 
one particular spot where there's like it looks like a double, but it's actually sort of a triple roller. Right. Um, and there's you know everyone's like that was the hardest part. Like that just caught me by surprise. Going around. Then before I'm leaving, they're like, the ambulance is just staying at that obstacle the whole day because so many people are crashing on it. Oh, no. So, <laughs> and then, right, so I'm like, right, so I rip around. There's a guy getting loaded in an ambulance at that obstacle, you know, like, and, and there's like two ambos there. And I'm thinking, holy, like, this is full on. Like, the race is going and people are getting carted off <laughs> in the ambulances. Then I come around and I, and I wasn't sure where the whoops were. Everyone kept talking about these man-made gnarly whoops, right? Yep. So... I'm turning corners. I don't want to get on the case, like, because you can't, like, I'm, I'm just very jittery. I'm not sure where things are. I don't know what's coming up. Same thing yep. with the first time I rode the Fink Track. Mm. I'm death gripping it. I'm not sure. I'm watching my wheel, not looking ahead. Like, I've just got no idea, you yep. know? Um, come around, get to the whoops. There's the crowd just waving me down, waving me down, like... And I'm slow, still waving me down. I'm crawling through the whoops. There's a guy full spinal in the whoops. Wow. Like, so the, I don't believe the um, ambos were even there yet. So he, I believe that person shattered his spine. Wow. Shattered. Like, that's like, obviously at that time, I just seen him all laid up. Everyone's freaking out. So I don't know the severity of it. But so I'm literally at a crawling pace through the whoops. And then get going again. So all that, like I already had in my mind before prologue, don't die in front of the girls. Yeah. Now, like I'm so mate, I just cruise through. Like my time was terrible, but that was the goal. Yeah. The goal was to uh, it come and pass where I knew the girls were. I'm like turning the corner, slow, clutch in, boom, 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 like just on the limiter, like yeah. just like it was. I don't know a thing for me. So they knew I was all good. I think I was more worried that they were worried than they were. You know, like yeah. And then um, different on the Fink Track. Fink Track, they're not going to see me. If I'm all whatever, Yeah. They don't, they don't have to see it and be around the atmosphere. But if you're in that situation where that was, it's a different story, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're around the atmosphere, yep. the, you know, like everyone's whatever. So um, finished. It was a weird feeling when I finished too because I don't like doing shit, you know. Even though I did exactly what I planned to do, I kind of planned to do shit. And I don't like that. Like I don't like that kind <laughs> You're of. You're an achiever. Yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was a massive wrestle for me. That was like that was like I was in there like yes I did exactly what I wanted to do. Well done. I was also like you're a pussy. Like what's wrong <laughs> with you? Like <laughs> so why didn't you send it? But it's hard too when you when you don't get the when yeah you know the opportunity was open but you didn't get the opportunity to see any of it. You're going completely blind into something that you got to go as fast and on as something you can. That doesn't turn, mate. Like the thing yeah. doesn't turn. Like. The, the risk of that race is huge. Yes. Let alone doing it on what I'm doing it on. So um, like I said from the start, like I just wanted to finish it. So you, like I know it's right, like it's fine. It is mm. what it is. But it was just something I was wrestling with that whole night. Like, Which you always will, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like Rossi smoked me in prologue. Like um, the dude's just a crazy rider anyway. Yep. Um, but his bike's, um, you know... I don't know how much lighter is noticeably lighter, set up really well, um, and you know that's what he picked to do. That's what I picked to do. That there's no, yep, there's no. It doesn't. There's matter. no incorrect, is there? No, no, no. That's no. right. It is what it is. Like there's no advantage disadvantage. It just is what it is. Till uh, before years went out, and you would have seen it as well. He looked good, eh? Oh yeah. His form looks so good, just yep. cruising through. Um, yeah, just floating. Yeah, it looked unreal. He could cruise through like 
undulated spots, one-handed, waving at the girls in the car. and That's not – yeah. Yeah. Like it looked good. You know, dial. I was like, wow, that's really cool to see. And, yep. Um, you know, that was obviously before – because he went out and did tests a couple of weeks before or week – two weeks before, I think. Oh, he'd done like, a fair bit of bit, eh? pre-running. Pre-running. Yeah, a fair bit. He'd yep. been there a few times and, and he did um, Alice Springs to Fink and back in one day. So he did the whole race in one day. Man, talking to you like this last hour, yeah. I just can't fathom how to even think about doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, hey. Yeah, you and me both. Like, the, that's 460 kilometres of the worst terrain you'll ever find in a day. On a sportster? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tough. So, um, so, so yeah. we, you get through uh, Saturday. Yep. Prologue, Prologue Saturday. Prologue done. You're wrestling with the, that part. Yeah, yeah, What yeah. happens now? Um, so... That night, so obviously there's a lot of logistics in Fink, right? Yes. Fuel stops, um, mechanical stuff, everything. There's there's so much more involved than I realised logistically. 80k fuel stops sorted. Yep. I'm kind of teed up with Dean Ross there. Um, Mudgy and heap the boys from Adelaide are there. So we're all sort of teed up, 80k's sorted. Yep. I've got to sort the 160 out. So um, good mate of mine, um, Dan the Man, Dan White, has got the 160. With a guy that's ridden a heap of stuff with um, Gav years ago with an XR. He's kind of ridden XR all over Australia, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's got this motorhome and he's going to take that out to 160. So they wanted to watch Prologue, which is fair. They leave after Prologue. Already I'm like, oh, it's a long way. It's late in the day. By the time I did Prologue, it was real late in the day. I get a phone call at... 10, 9, late 9, 10 o'clock. Saturday night. Saturday night. I'm yeah. asleep. We're at like 40 kilometres into the track. We're never going to make it to 160 in this motorhome. Oh, no. The night before the race. So I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, so my first thing obviously is like, like I'm fuming, you know, like, but then also these guys have just tried so hard for yeah. me. Like there's no way Steve or Dan would have given up unless they had to, you know, yeah. like the, the vehicle just wasn't going to make it. The service road is horrendous. So I thought they were going on the roadway and coming back, but even because I didn't know what the track was like at the other end, but even yeah. the other end's that bad, they probably would have never made it. Wow. So anyway, so we're there, right, what are we going to do? So I go over, the, bo- the JD's working on the bike anyway. He's up ripping into the bike, just checking everything, make sure everything's right. We already had, I believe, oh, we changed some steering dampener settings to um, make it engage a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. So we got all that sorted. Um, he was playing around with some other stuff. And then um, go and see them. Right, this is this is what we've come up with. What are we going to do? First thing is everyone's far out. What are we going to do? Like everyone's freaking out <laughs> a little bit. And then I was like, right, Robbo that did the photos is going to jump in Daimler's truck, going to load everything up. He's going to rip along. He's going to meet Dan and Steve at roughly 40 k's wherever they were. Pick Dan up, pick all the fuel up, his swag, everything. Drop him at 160 because they closed the road. So you can't drive the road while the race is happening. Wow, okay. So it's all, this all has to happen tonight. Yep. Drop him at the 160, middle of the night, with a swag and fuel cans by himself, then drive it to Fink and set up at Fink because he's got to be at Fink end so that um, when I get there, the truck's there. So poor Dan is just dumped in the middle of the desert. With a fuel can and a swag. Doesn't know anyone. And so, Freezing cold. So, and even on the morning of the race, I'm like, I can't wait to get to 160 to see Dan. Yeah. Like, I just want to see Dan and make sure he's all right. <laughs> so, so um, 
got that sorted, right, sleep, get yep. it all happening. So I sleep, wake up in the morning, I wake up pretty early, stretch, roll, do all the trigger ball stuff, like sort of more do, obviously you need to do that, but it helps with the nerves too. Like yep. you're kind of visualising what you've got to do, let the dan- the bike dance, like you're kind of running through the race, Yep. sit down as much as you can, drink your bloody water, all that stuff, you know. So um, we're getting through all that. Um, getting geared up, we kind of leave semi early to the track, mm-hmm. which worked out good because as the traffic was bumper to bumper from the town to the track, so that worked out good because I would. How far is that? It's not that far, maybe five k's, okay. something like that. But it's, but it's just packed, packed because there's people spectating, people yep. racing. Like I, I never looked how many exact bikes were in there, but there's more than six hundred bikes in that race. Right? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. So. Um, I should look at more of these things. Yeah. <laughs> I just I think, look where I am. I think it was 600 and something bikes, but there was going to be another 100 more because Victoria obviously yep. missed out or something. 680 yep. bikes or something. Right. So, bloody so lot. yeah, a lot of bikes regardless. Yep. So then um, we, yeah, get to the track, get there semi-early, sort of set up, get everything happening, and then it's kind of just waiting, you know, and then I hate waiting. I just, I like to just pull my gear on yep. and go, you know, get get the monkey off your back and get going. I was gate 111, so because prologue time was quite bad, I think maybe I don't know, maybe 120 gates or something. I was I was at the back, yep. back, back, back of the gate, and and start in groups of five, mm-hmm. line up there, and my mindset going to the line was like, I'm gonna have to smoke these people off the start because I don't want to be stuck in the dust. So, you know, and then also I was like. Do I have to get in these guys' heads? Because I like to get in people's heads a bit with racing, you know? Like, just, I don't know why. But do I have to get in these guys' head a little bit on the line and be like, this thing doesn't turn. If you guys get close to me in the corner, like, I'm probably going to run into you and I'm sorry because it doesn't turn, <laughs> you know? Like, you're cruel. Well, but, but it's kind of, I'm, but it's sort I'm of actually semi-true. thinking kind of like safety wise as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if I'm turning and they've, they can obviously turn faster and they come up. On the outside or something, I've got no room. Mm. Do I let them know now that I've got no room, yep. or do I just wait to see what happens, or what do I do? You know, so I'm kind of one bloke sort of talking to me, and he's like, oh, "I feel privileged lining up with you with the Harley." And um, one thing I missed out on was scrutineering. Yeah. Scrutineering's huge. It's a massive night. So the night before prologue is scrutineering. Okay, so Friday night. Friday nights. Yeah. Prologue. Sorry, mate. The so. Everyone's there. It's like a big pit party. Wow. I could not leave the motorcycle. I just had like a crowd of people almost like turn up the deli and get the number, like just constant the whole time we were there. Just and it was like sort of the same stuff over and over, but which didn't worry me. Yeah. Like, what is that? What are you doing? Why are you here? <laughs> like, are, are you, do you think you're going to finish and all that kind of stuff, you know? We'd put a few photos, uh, Robbo put a few photos up on that Fink. 2021 page yep. and, and obviously you've gotten sort of all the mixed results happening there. Um, people saying it's the blue healer will go for a bit and it will come back on the ute and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, which I love, you know, bring it on. And like a few people, same thing, kind of funny comments. Then you would reply to them and they're like, oh, no, nah, good on you, mate. Rip in, like, you know, yep. th- that whole chestnut. Um, but I was loving it, you know, like, so did scrutineering, got all that done. So there was quite a lot of hype after scrutineering about the bike on the Fink page, everything like that. So the publicity was spreading like wildfire. So we're lined up on the line almost like 
I feel privileged to line up with you. I'm wrapped. Like, this is the That's best. Cool. And then um, uh, I don't remember the guy's name or anything, but so I was frothing. And then we're getting closer and closer and get on the line. I've got the thing, boom, 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 you know, like, and then because it draws a crowd. The thing's so loud, like, it'll, oh. it'll bust an eardrum loud. <laughs> Man, I was, we started this morning too. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I stood next to a top feeler the other week. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that just about did the same to my ear. Not far off. It's <laughs> pretty noisy. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty noisy, mate. So um, I can see the girls. I always look for the girls before I start any race. I can see the girls. Right. We're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Let's get this done, you know. Were you nervous? Um, yeah, I was. Because it's such a long race, it's kind of a weird nerve. Yeah. Like normal race, it's like a sprint, right? So the nerves are like like firing really quickly. Like everything's firing quick. Yeah. Everything's in fast forward where yeah. with this, it was kind of like it's slow, a long race. Slow butterflies. Like I'm not g- going out of the blocks and for yeah. whatever, 20 minutes, you know. Like this is a long race. Work into it, relax, breathe, all that stuff, you know. So, yes, I was definitely nervous, but it's a different nerve. It's like mm. a kind of a calm nerve, you know. And um, and I just kept telling myself because it wasn't – I wasn't trying to come a certain position so much. I just wanted to finish. There wasn't – I didn't feel any pressure to succeed in that aspect, you know. So it's a different nerve. So um, light goes green. We take off. I get a bit squirrely. Once I finally hook up, get going, I sort of get in front of the group I'm with, kind of the corners kind of cruise. You kind of go the prologue track backwards for a quarter of the track and then you get onto the fink track. So cruise through that. I've got no dust. I'm sweet. I'm good. Thought I'd have no dust for a little bit. Pretty much hit the fink track. Dust. Straight away. It's pretty much straight away, mate. So you wouldn't have had a chance to deal with dust either. So Joe actually jumped in front of me a few times just okay. to show me what the dust was on like. On the Thursday, yeah. Yep, yep. So and then, um, so I had no idea. I, I thought I had a rough idea. You, you got no clue how dusty it is. Wow. The dust is like standing in a room. Someone just slides their foot across it. No one can see. Like the dust is full on. So I'm ripping along. Straight off the bat, I know my prologue time's bad. I know I'm better than that. I want to make up positions. So, <laughs> so as soon as I hit the fink track, I'm like, this is my more my cup of tea, you know, like sand, yep. less corners, more balls, like holding it on a bit more. Um, so I start ripping along. So I've, I've got the four that I started with and then I start plucking away, plucking away. You've you got to remember you're catching groups of five people that are all trying to sort of work themselves out as well. So the dust just didn't stop. Like it's just dust upon dust upon dust. So I get a few, get get it going and I'm kind of getting in a bit of a rhythm, you know. There's a few corners early on, kind of toss back and forward with a few. All right, I'm getting rhythm, getting rhythm. I'm getting more, I'm getting more, I'm getting more. I'm plucking them off. I was catching people that were like three to four wide sort of all riding together, so they're kind of all out of the dust. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're catching two quads. I, I couldn't even see the track at all. I couldn't see anything. All I could see was a helmet above, like bobbing, this little group of helmets bobbing along. I'm like, right, the track goes that way. Yeah. That's the way I've got to go. And so I'm just ripping along. And then you get... Fluid. Yeah, just yeah. get closer and closer, and then you finally start plucking, like getting more and more, you know? 
I get to roughly the 40k mark, and I believe it's about 40k's. My mate Nuggets there, the reason I remember is because he's screaming half on the track, screaming at me, you know, like just with excitement. Just after that, my steering dampener goes. So when we're on the line, Jamie noticed it was leaking oil and I was like, there's nothing we can do now. All the boys are on their, either on their way to Fink or there. We're on the line. Yep. It's just going to be whatever it's going to be. So it blew out, felt like it only blew out on the left side. So the right side still had some dampener, but the yep. left side was just floating around. So I'm ripping along and, and the left is just anytime you hit anything, whoa, 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 and then, but the right's got some stability. Which sucked because you could, you weren't sure like you weren't sure if you had to hold or not hold depending on which way the steering was going to go. So we get through the first sixty k's, and I've I reckon I've passed forty people. I reckon conservatively I've passed forty people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sixty. It's sixty. Yeah. And then cross the road, right? And then the whoops start. And I knew from right there I was like, I need to feel good. When I cross the road, I don't want to push that hard. That when I cross the road, when it starts to get more technical and more whoopy, yeah. that I'm already tired and you fatigued. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So and and the plan worked good the whole way. I kept, um, you know, goggles are dusty. Drink water. So I was drinking water. Breathing. I was, I was leaning into my steg pegs when I feel my arms even slightly starting to get tight, relaxing them. I was, I was really trying to maintain the body and the bike as much as I could. Yep. Cross the road, get across the road, get into the whoops, and it's like that rocky section, sort of pick my way through the rocks and then roll on the whoops. I reckon by the time I got to the 80K mark, yeah, I would have passed 40 to anywhere from 40 to 60 bikes. We'll say 40, 40 safe. And pull up at the fuel stop. I've just come all through the whoops. The boys are there. I'm frothing. Like, I'm just having the best time of my life. You so know? you're like, loving it. I'm loving it. Yeah. 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 So Mudgie was like, you were like the happiest person to pull up the fuel stop all day. Man. Everyone else is like either in full race mode or half like hating it. Like, <laughs> And so I was there just like, this is the best. You've always got beer. They're like, yeah. I'm like, no, I'm joking. I don't really want to be happy. <laughs> and so um, – get through the fuel stop and the plan sort of was to spend a little bit of time at the fuel stops and before the race Mudgy actually said to me you won't do that like there's no way I plan to do the same thing you won't do it I'm like nah I'll do it I'm riding a Harley like I'll spend time got there they filled me up right I see us gone wow. again you know like as well because I'd worked hard to pass certain people I didn't want to then lose positions in the fuel stop I wanted to if anything make a couple so you dust the dust is just you can't fathom the dust like take, you don't have an ego. You're you're very level across it. Yeah. But I, you imagine those people that you've just overtaken on a you're on a Harley. Yeah. <laughs> like you, I'm not trying to blow up your own tires, but you'd be like far out. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're on a KDM 500 or something. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. You've done well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there there's um like that and some I don't think were stoked. You could kind of. You could kind of tell, you know, like you could kind of see, especially if you started battling back and forth a bit, you could kind of pick up on people's vibe, you know. See it tensing up. Well, that Harley shouldn't pass me like this isn't on, you know, like and other people that were just like, yes, Harley shouldn't pass you, this isn't on, but also that is unreal, like good effort. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, I could definitely pick up. Then again, everyone's fighting their own demons in that race. Oh, sure, yeah. So we get going again. 
the whoops continue. I get to must be about 90 Ks. So I get through that fast road section, get through mm-hmm. all that. That fast road section in race day, was to- the whole track was totally different to a few days before. All the trucks have been over it. Majority of the bikes have been over it. Yeah. So um, totally different, totally different track. So is it chewed out or is it better? Nah, way more chewed out, way more holes, more corrugation. Right. No smooth lines whatsoever. All Any smooth line you thought you had is gone. Like, so I'm riding the edge, edge, edge of everything because anywhere else, everyone's been. So I'm trying to sit right on the edge, which obviously comes with its own risk of roots and um, trees and stuff. And if you don't have much room, if you do get out of shape yep. um, and you're kind of riding like on a bit of a curve, you know. And so we're ripping through that, get to 90 Ks, coming through this talcum powder corner, fully lose the – it was like Clint Eastwood shot my front wheel out. <laughs> Do a full somersault, boom, into the um, face first, into this powder. And you can't even describe it till you – like I stood up and it's just falling out of me like I'd just been in a bottle of talcum powder, like falling out of my helmet and everything. Mind you, I, I can't pick the bike up. Right. So I've just worked so hard to pass all these people. Anyone that's going to come past me, I've passed. So they're going to be in two minds whether – well, the Harley's down, he's probably down and out – and I don't want him to come back past me anyway, or I'm going to help this guy because this is what we do, you know, we help yep. each other. And so this bloke comes around the corner, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he's looking at me like, you look fine. Why are you waving me down? I'm like, I can't pick this thing up. And then next minute, this lady, like we're, this is a spot where there's nobody. This l- the first 70 Ks of the track, there's not a gap in the crowd. Really? There's not a gap both what, sides. the whole way? Yep. There's not a gap. So people are, I'm loving it. People are screaming, they're frothing. Oh, they you can, can hear it? Coming. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, if people are really excited, I'm pulling the clutch in. Boom, 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 boom. Like there's chicks with tops up, like there's blokes with their butts out. Like it's, it is the best. Like the vibe, it's like they've probably been drinking since seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> On Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're having a great time. And that's definitely my vibe. Like the yep. whole, Enjoy life. Uh, absolutely. Yep. So I'm almost riding along like kind of like a dust hustle, you know, like putting on not a show but kind of like giving them the limiter and yep. letting them know that I'm having a great time as well, you know. So we pull up when I crash. This lady comes running. She is sprinting over from her camp, which is hundreds of metres away, comes over. She helps me pick it up. So I seen the lady. I said, oh, mate, go, go, go. Don't worry. Sorry, go, go. Because I didn't want to slow him up. We're yeah. all, you know. And so she comes over, she helps me pick, and it's a handful for us to pick up. She did great. Then her partner comes over, I presume her partner comes over, and he yells out, I, I can't work out if you're crazy or stupid. And with talcum powder and shit, still falling out of me, covered in crap, let's go, um, I think I'm both, mate, <laughs> and just take <laughs> off, you know. like. And so as I get going again, another guy falls, I kind of pull up and I'm trying to work out how I'm going to help this guy because yep. I can't get this bike up again. He's, he's, he's on the ground. I'm yelling at him, are you okay? And he's giving me thumbs up, but he's still on the ground. So he must be winded or something, you know? So yeah. I'm worried, like, do I leave the man? Next minute, another guy, I'm like, oi, help him. I can't stop. <laughs> wow, yeah. So I felt like a bit of an asshole because I expect people to help me, but then I can't help anyone. Yeah, but how do you get you? 
Is so this the yeah. side stander just fall into the no, ground? The so- there's no side stand. Are you going to take it off? Yeah, absolutely, because uh, I don't want it to flick down. Yeah, right. So I can't stop. Like, if I yep. to stop, I have to lay the bike down. Then if he's injured, he can't help me get it back up. Like, so so there's all that, you know? Like, yep. so I, I felt real bad, but it just is what it is, yeah. I guess. I'm sure they understand. <laughs> um, keep ripping, ripping along, going great. We come up to the next section. There's a still sort of the road section. Yellow flags, there's a guy injured on the track. Mm-hmm. We go out onto the road, crew, yellow flag, meant to be cruising, so I try and abide by motocross rules there. Yep. Cruise along the road and pop back on, you know. Mind you, I'm still catching people, so at this point I've caught someone else too. Yep. So I don't want to let him go through that section yep. because I've just worked so hard to get to him. You want to be constant still. Yeah, Yeah. so he kind of like gained a little through there, which is fine. So then that's just the struggle in my mind of like, I kind of want to rip along <laughs> this road and, and catch him. And then so we pop back on the track. Same thing, I'm getting a few people and I'm passing a few blokes along that road quick. Like I'm doing over 130 k's an hour. So like there's sections of that track that are very fast, you know, like the dirt bikes would be doing 170 plus through there, you know, like wow. it's a really fast section of track. And um, then the whoops kick in, you know, like it starts to get the deeper sand and more frequent whoop sections. Um, there's a spot and I knew where I'd pulled up riding around with no foot peg where I pulled us up to ask where the truck was. I knew yep. where those guys were yep. and it was right on a really good whoop part and they just froth the Harley. So I, as I was coming, I'm like, oh, I know where I am. So I'm going through these whoops, same thing. Wham, bum, bum, wham, bum, bum. <laughs> and I, I've looked over and I could just see them all. They're all standing on their full drives and all cheering and like, yeah. It was, just loving it. Oh, loving it, mate. So we get through all that. We get through, it's pretty uneventful for a bit there. Same thing, the crowd loving it seeing tits and like it was insane so you're starting to get back into more crowd yes so the middle the the i'm bad with meterage stuff but i would say from 80 to 140 there's not many people yeah right then after that it kind of kicks on again you know um so i'm going through the whoops now when i reach 140 my mind is fight or flight modes kicking in and my mind's saying flight. Like my mind's saying give up. You're, you're t- like it just k- clicked in right at about that 140 mark. What did you feel like just all of a sudden? Yep, like, yep. Like someone flicked a switch. It went and like it, and, it, and it just come into my mind was you're tired, you're sore, you've got a long way to go, you need to pull over and have a break. Demons, eh? Yep. That's cool. So, so I'm ripping along and no, no like to – no shit, I was riding and one of the really big goals for me which really implemented into me when I was actually riding was my girls and showing them that no matter what, no matter what anyone thinks, yep. no matter what, what's right or wrong, you can do whatever you want to do. Mm. Like riding a Harley in the Fink is wrong and a lot of doubt. And if you want to do it, you can do it. Yep. So that was in my mind, I dropped a tear riding thinking about it and I was like there is no way I'm stopping there is no way in the world I'm back and I just it was like my second wing kicked in and I just got quicker and I was like these there's no way I'm gonna give up and show 
my daughters that, yeah, you can try and you can stop and try again and stop and no way. It's, I was, it's this way. Yep, yeah, 100%. So, so the big motivation for me and like when I did the States, I always felt like I let the missus down a little bit, which we spoke about, like going there and not doing as well as what I could have. And I've like left her with the girls and poor Jamie's like, working so hard with the girls at Alice and, like, they've been a nightmare because they're cooped inside and yeah. so she's doing the hard slog yep. and all i got to do is ride a motorcycle, you know? Like, so that was the big motivator for me, that and the haters. I was like, there's no way I'm stopping. So I got, like, a second win. Probably, realistically, it was probably 10, 20 Ks the wrestle was for and then I was, like, good to go again. See, okay, so you're riding along for that amount of time just, like, in your own head, just thinking... Yep. Kind of in and out, you know. Tired, um, you yep. know, battling, battling. Yeah, it was kind of like, then, you know how you're like riding and you get a smooth bit and you're like, oh, it's good. And then it get rough again or whatever and then you're like, oh, and then it'd be like, pull over, pull over. Yep. And then it'd get smooth again and then it'd get, any time I got a spot where it was like tough, yeah. it would pop into my mind. And there's spots there, mate, where there's, like I say, there's no one, you're kind of in the abyss and like you don't even wow. know where you're going and you, you've just been riding so long and you... You see that they've got bonnets with the metres you're up yep. to, the kilometres. And so you know where you are, but you kind of don't know where you are. I don't know where I am. Huh. Uh, you, you're in the middle of nowhere. You're in the middle of nothing. And how much longer is this going to go for? How much worse? Is the track going to get worse? Is it going to get better? And in my mind, I'm 160. I've got to make it to 160. 160, yep. you've made it to think. That's what everyone kept saying. Yep. You made it to think once you get to 160. That's, I'm 20 k's away from 160. Don't be a pussy. 20 Ks. <laughs> Go. <laughs> yeah, so I get to the fuel stop. First thing I see is Big Dan's luscious mullet running across the track to, to where the fuel stop was. He was on one side angling me over, you know? Yeah. And I was stoked because, like I said, I just wanted to see Dan, make sure he was all good. So you could pick him out. You could see. Yep. yep that's you can't good. miss Dan. He's got the best mullet and pit vipers <laughs> you've ever seen. Uh, sorry, heat wave looking. Heat wave visuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. So um, run across the track. Pull up. He's there. He's got like a couple of factory teams helping him help me. So he's made mates with all these <laughs> awesome people, and um, they were great. They took him in. They, they he basically camped with them. Wow. They helped us with the fuel stop. Do I need anything? Whatever you know, like. And they said, "Do you need anything?" My exact words were, "I need these whoops to fucking stop." <laughs> <laughs> and and they laughed. You know, like I'm laughing. Also, I'm all also like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like enough's enough. Yeah. Does someone have a bulldozer? <laughs> so. Because he would have been there in the middle of the night. Like he would have one one in the morning or something. Yeah. Probably. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was yeah, so he made one, mates two in the morning. Like, yep. So he made mates uh, in the morning. They were like, where did you come from? How did you turn up here? No vehicle. He had like no food. Fuel tins of swag. Like, no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had like a thing of water yep. and like snacks. <laughs> Good person. Yeah. So, such a le- And I couldn't have done it without him. And I said that when I was there even, mate. Like, yeah. Like, Without someone there to fill me up at that 160 mark, yep. I was never going to make it to think. So that shows how important each little person, like the logistics of that race, I couldn't stress enough. If you're thinking of doing think, yep. probably just if you've never done it before and you're not like do the club fuel stops. Yeah. Because if you, especially if you don't have people that are willing to go out there because you can just roll in, line up, they fill you up. I actually made quite a few positions on those club stops, I reckon, because... They were there fueling up. There might have been, you know, 10 people lined up yeah, to fill up. Just biding time. Just yeah, 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 because they kind of just do one, then the next. So 
that helped me because um, I kept just searching for this dust-free zone, <laughs> you know, and there were sections where there were I had clear track, yep. but it was for such a short period of time, especially because when I had clear track, obviously I'm making up good time. So, um, and I passed a few quads. Everyone really freaks out about passing the quads. They're super hard to pass. Uh-huh. Um, and they are, there's a creek section and there's like walls. So really? you're, in, you're in the Fink Creek, right? So it's yeah. the oldest, oldest riverbed in the world apparently or something. Wow. So you're in this creek bed, ripping along a creek bed and there's a quad. And it was actually a chick on a quad. She was ripping, going really good. And I'm trying to like be polite but also like fuck, get out of my way. <laughs> and so, um, but she was going really good and she actually passed me back because it got to like a corner bit and I got loose and went off track a bit and she actually got me back and then I had to work on it again and wow. like, it wasn't like I was blistering past her or anything. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, got to the fuel stop, got past all those people. Then 160, I'm like, right, I'm at Fink, like the whoops are over. I come around the corner after the fuel stop, still whoops. I'm like, oh yeah, it can't last much longer it's it's gonna end yeah surely it did not end like the the mentality that it, the whoops finish at 160 was so wrong it's a bs they just keep going they just keep going like they'd have to be 200 it'd have to be 200 before they stop i reckon like um but everyone's probably got a different view but on the harley i'm gonna have a whole different perspective on the track to for sure a bloke on a 500 you know yep. what i mean so um I reckon it'd be close to 200 k's of whoops, you know, like, oh, sorry, 200 k's to when the whoops kind of petered out. Yep. But then they said it was a highway after 160. After all those people, it was terrible. Like the corrugation just beat me. I had some really big pot, like really big holes. Yeah. And my right wrist honestly felt like the bones had come out me hand, you know, Jeez. like it was that sore and my fingers and my neck. So my neck from being... Cr- crunched up looking forward position. for so long yep. I was riding along like look, trying to look down slowly with my neck to stretch it while still doing 80 plus k's an hour along a deep sand section just because my neck was so sore and then same thing with my wrist I was trying to like move sit down and just move my wrist for a second yep. to get some movement in it and I reckon I got bone bruising in my fingers from the still vibration sore. still sore now yep yeah, so if I grab a spanner or anything, it still hurts, you yep. know? So we get through the last bit. They got like that last jump and stuff into Fink. I, I rolled over that and did a no-footer for the crowd, you know? like I was, <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah, like I was knackered. There's no way I was getting airborne. And so <laughs> um, pull into Fink. I blasted across the Fink line. I, I, would, I wish someone had that on video. I was flying. It's like a straight into Fink, you yep. know? And um, pull in. I'm knackered. I'm tired, I'm exhausted. I've, you, you kinda, I, I kinda left a little bit in the tank probably after 200, so maybe 20 Ks. Yep. I kinda like, right, I'm 20 Ks from Fink. I need to sort of cool down, you know? Um, I was actually coming into one corner, went from third, went to go into second, went into second, but then hit a bump, went to first. Oh, jeez. Locked up, went into the shrub, and then I just passed the guy. So he was behind me and I didn't want to get back. Same thing. I kept having that the whole race, you know. Like it was, it was so hard to pass people that if they got back in front of you, then it's like, all right, I've got to set the clock again and work at it again, you know. So I'm hammering in the off field, come back on. Where I come back on, there was a massive drop. 
So I've just like jammed back on the track right in front of old mate <laughs> and got crap. going again. Like the whole race is full of that kind of stuff. Like I've, the, the bumps I hit, so this gives you a perspective of how hard and how harsh the bumps are on the Harley. Yep. So I'm riding along, I would hit something that would hit me in the ass that hard, the dust in my goggles would float up and just like negatively float in my goggles and fall back down. So like, it's like a car crash, you know, like if, if you imagine that. Everything's just. Yeah. Yeah. It just float and fall. Like that would have happened over five times in the race. So that's feet off pegs, ass off seat. You're in the air. It's proper. Yeah. You just um, gravity. You're yeah. just floating through just the air. Sort of thing. Passenger. Yeah. passenger. Yep. Feel like you're in space. So you know, 87 kilo rider with 300 kilo vessel just floating in the air, you yep. know? Yep. Absolutely. Nuts. Oh, crazy so and there was heaps of people afterwards like i seen you you had a massive moment can't believe you saved it that was like the <laughs> which one <laughs> but it was like every person was saying that <laughs> so um got to think pulled up i'm like sort of had 20 k's to cool down so i was i was knackered M- mainly my wrist and my hand and my fingers mm-hmm. and my neck and then pull in gav was there gav was the first person i saw yep so straight away he's already like we need to get you back to camp. We need to get your water. Need to get you. I've ran out of water in my camelback. Worked you did. perfectly. Yep. yep. Drank it all, which yep. I would never do. That soul stream was a lifesaver. Because this is something I was actually going to ask you, and we'll touch on it while we're talking about that. You've done a lot of trail riding and that as well. Yeah. Yep. I'm really bad for it. I come home, I take a three liter camel pack out. I yeah. come home with 2.8 liters. Yep. yep. Same. Same? Yep. Yep. Never drink it. So you went through the whole thing. Yep. That soul that's stream, cool. I highly recommend it because yeah. th- that's the way. So you imagine if you could find a tick while you're riding to make you press the button. Yeah. So you're riding along and say it's every time you sit down, you get a beat in the ass that makes you stand up. Yep. I've got a drink. Yeah. So you just sort of set yourself a little weird yeah. tick. Yep. That, and then you're just drinking. Yep. So now you're hydrated the whole time. It's good. So I was hydrated when I got into Fink, you know, as good as I could have been. So take my helmet off. The f- few people are on you whatever you know like frothing and then craig lowndes actually come up to me and he was pumped like proper pumped and so he's frothing on it and um gavin took a photo with us and he gave like a mini sort of interview with me and gav and yeah he loved it he just thought i was a lunatic you know like (laughs) which was awesome like always say that like the the stuff i do is nothing compared to the stuff that those guys are doing so to have someone of that caliber Mm. To think what I'm doing is cool is super cool to me, you know, like it's Craig yeah. Lowndes. It's He's the pinnacle of his sport. Yeah, 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 yeah. A- absolutely. So so I always get super pumped on stuff like that, yep. that it could be like now Craig Lowndes knows who I am, you know, like he come yeah. and spoke to me and that's He might super. come in here one day. Well, who knows, yeah. you know, like, but even, yeah, it's just cool that, cool that someone that does something so extreme and to, at such a pinnacle thinks that something that I'm doing is stupid and cool and crazy and it's good. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Like yeah. it is genuinely good. Especially especially Craig Lounce. Yeah. You know, like it's funny yeah. the the top of the sport for for a long period of time. Yeah, absolutely. So that was super cool. So then Were rest. you knackered? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Every yep. part like I, I you've said about those parts, but you were just fatigued as well. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So my legs were on fire. So you gotta yep. remember I'm BMXing, pumping, pushing through all those whoops. So yep. it's arguably uh, hundred and twenty kilometers of whoops. 
So it's Man. just say from here to Brisbane of whoops. So Maniac. you just driven from Brisbane today, like Maniac. Your, your <laughs> whole drive, yeah, pumping like a BMX rider. Yep. Yep. On so, a three hundred kilo bike. Yep. Mm. Yep. So even like my legs have always been a weak point with training and riding and everything. Anyway, so um, Levi, when we were training, actually did like sort of a thing to smash my lower back and my legs, mm-hmm. and he was kind of like, well this is what you're going to have to endure. So it just is what it is. You're going to put the work in now. It's going to help later, you know. How was your core? Great. I, I, I seem to have good core. Yeah. So my core has always been pretty good. Like we did a planking thing. I can plank for like over five minutes, you know. Like you're my, strong there. Yep. Yeah. For some reason, my core has always been really good. Yeah. Um, I broke my back years ago right between my shoulder blades. Mm-hmm. Straight away pretty much the, once that corrugation started. That was very painful. So for the whole race, yeah. I had sharp, like a chicken bone being pressed into your lungs the whole way. Like, yeah, it's full Things on. that pop out, hey, like the things that um, day-to-day life, you probably don't notice it. No. That, that sort of environment's going to really, you know, trigger it. Yeah. I used to always get it running down Mount Coulomb when I used to run Mount Coulomb, running down the hill. Yeah. I used to get it, um, but that was it, you know, and I hadn't done that in years. So I didn't even think that that would be a factor but I've obviously got like a part of a vertebrae. My vertebrae sort of all went to like popcorn. Something floating around in there. Something floating with yep. a little bit of a sharp edge or something. That was that was actually painful, mate, like the yep. whole way, you know, like that was sore. So um, got to think, talked to everyone, did everything we had to do sort of right at the finish line. Yeah. With a halfway mark. And then went back to camp. So I doubled um, Gav to camp. And it's all yeah. like sandy little road and stuff like it's not like you like it's not hard, but you kind of got to still got to think. Have your wits about you know yep. getting back to camp after riding that you do anyway you know yeah like, yep. get back to camp. Boys are onto it straight away. JD's got the bike, he's got pegs and everything ready in the ground, a little brace. He's got the bike set up instantly. He's like, "How are you? Hey, feeling? How's the bike? What do you need? This is what I need. Right, it helps me get all the gear off, get some lollies into me, get everything happening. Get wow." straight away him gav robbo everyone's just onto me whatever i needed you know like was like you first yeah you're good i'm good now the bike so i got ungeared got all that done walked up rang jamie and then um i got all emotional talking to jamie because so jamie stayed in in alice Alice. yes so jamie stayed in alice with the old man and that yep so they stayed there um so rang jamie and straight away she was just so proud and I'd passed 106 dirt bikes. So it was in the end. Yeah. Wow. Well done. <laughs> so I didn't know this, obviously. 106. Like 106. So the first call, I'm still emotional about it. The first call was Jamie and she was like, you could just hear how proud she was. And then I was like, I just felt so good, you know, like I felt like, like I'd done good for all of us, you know? And then so, then I spoke to the girls. I just wanted to talk to the girls, even though Billy can't talk much, kind of grunts at you. <laughs> but spoke to the girls and Isla was just pumped for me and she was so happy. And so then I had like a bit of a cry on the phone to them. And and then um, this is a big deal for me, you know? Like it's, um, I kind of play always play it down, but if I didn't make Fink, I would have felt like I'd failed, you know, like, so even make it halfway, I'm halfway there. I'm halfway to achieving. The total goal. Something that I've put my family 
mm. through for X amount of time, myself, my business, like it impacts everything. So if I can't do that, I've, then I've, it's a lot of weight, mate. Like, no, like I said last time with America, no one expects anything of me. You know, like no one puts that weight onto me. It's just what I do to myself. So, so that was huge. So talking to Jamie, I was just ecstatic, mate. I was so happy. I, I felt like I was on top of the world, you know. Like I felt like I'd really kind of felt like I'd already done it, you know. Like I kind of felt like the monkey was half off my back. Like regardless of what happens from here, yeah. my wife's proud, kids are proud, I'm proud, you know, like I've half done it. Yeah. So, um, so I was wrapped on that. So anyway, we get off the phone, do all that, walk down. The guy pitted just across from us had a wheelie bin full of ice. So he had an ice bath set up. Oh, wow. Yeah. So one of the boys already clued him up what I'd done, was doing and blah, blah, blah. He was like, get him in the ice bath. He's going to need it. So I stripped down, get in the um, ice bath. Have you done one before? Yeah, years ago, training at a um, core strength in Maruchador here. Okay. He yeah. used to do ice baths every now and then. We were, yeah. we were training um, flat out years ago. And um, so hopping the... That was terrible. Like the first time in, yeah. oh, <laughs> it's so bad. Like you hop in, like you see people do it, you're like, it can't be that bad. Just dunk yourself in and get it done, you know? Like you hop... I just bashed my body like for three hours, 18 minutes it took me. So it was three hours and 18 minutes of torture. And then you tell me I've got to hop in an ice bath. <laughs> torture so, more. Yeah. So, because you, your mind's kind of clicking different, you know, like mm. if you kind of just hop, you, you've only been, like you've got no torture you've been through, you can kind of hop in and get it done. But if you need an ice bath, it's because you've gone through torture of whatever it is. So you've kind of already got that plan. Yep. So I've been there, get the first thing done, get out, maybe last couple of minutes, get out dry off, get warm, and then get back in, do it again, same thing. So after I did the ice baths, I was ready to hop back on my bike and go again. Really? Yep. Help that much? Yep. Yep. The mm. difference was huge. Like um, I was like, uh, before, and then that was done, and I was like, I'm good to go. Yep. Like sign me up. Like is the bike ready? Let's go. Like I'm ready. I'm, I'm pumped. I've, I've spoke to the missus. I've got my emotions out. I've... I've Got in the ice bath. I feel recovered. I feel ready. Like a reset. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we start eating, doing all that kind of stuff, get all that done. And then um, uh, get some anti-inflammatories and stuff happening for my body. Yep. So the we had like stuff there to for anything. Yep. So I told everyone right from the start, I would finish that race with a bone hanging out, you know, like I was finishing the race. Yep. No matter what. So we were prepared at that end for a bone hanging out pretty much, you know, like so <laughs> we had we had anywhere from like just like over the counter drugs for for a headache to a bone hanging out. Yep. So I've grabbed what I thought was my anti inflammatories, um, accidentally grabbed the wrong ones. I, I don't take drugs, period. Like yep. I don't like taking panadol. Um, unless I really need it, you know. Like if I take Panadol, Jamie's like, "Oh, you must be in some pain," you know. Yep. And so I accidentally took two oxys. Oh no! And I'd never, I'd never had oxy unless I was getting a surgery or something. So you're fatigued. I'm fatigued. I'm like everything's going like so, and it's so embarrassing because it sounds dumb to grab the wrong stuff, you know. Yep. But when it, you don't 
take stuff either. Yeah, just like grab- I just – and it was my fault, mate. I just yep. grabbed the wrong stuff. It is what it is. So um, the so I take these two oxys and um, a tremidol or whatever it is, a slow-release one. I thought was – same thing. I thought it was a slow-release Yeah. while sleeping – the anti-inflammatory to work. They're tiny little pills, those oxy pills. I, I'd never even seen one. Yeah. So I was like, and like that's. I take two of them. I take a slow release one because I kind of wrote it all out. What was what, you know? But it kind of just got jumbled around. Have a good sleep. I'll be fresh. Yeah. That's yep, a thought. Exactly. Like, yep. like I didn't want. I didn't even want Panadol because I didn't want Panadol. I just wanted anti-inflammatories. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted, you know, like Nurofen. Anyway, because um, we had kind of like no brand stuff, and then um, so. I start tripping balls proper. Really? Yeah. On yep. the Sunday night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I'd never take, like, I've never been high before. Yep. Like, so um, I proper start tripping balls. I, every time I close my eyes, a movie's playing and it's going like, and like it's shuttering and I can hear the shutter. Like, I can hear the shutter in my mind and I'm freaking out. In one of the most remote parts of Australia. And for someone that's like, I'm like, so I'm tripping balls yeah. and I, like, I get that the trip obviously runs off however you're acting. I understand that. But I'm freaking out. Yeah, the logical part's there, but yeah, still I'm stuff happening. I'm freaking, yep. mate. So next I'm smashing oranges and I'm walking and I'm sculling water and I'm trying, I'm vomiting everywhere. Like, so anything I've put in, I'm now getting out, like I'm throwing up. All your hydration, everything, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, it's super embarrassing, man. It sounds super dumb. I wasn't actually going to bring it up, but, like, it sounds dumb for someone to mix that up, but you've got to remember I'm, like, proper clean skin, retarded at that stuff. Like, yep. p- like people, like, in the street or when we're out or whatever can be off their dial. I don't even realise I'm that naive to it. Yep. I'm stupid about it, you know. I'm proper dumb in that world. Yep. So, um... So I'm tripping ball, I'm, I'm, and I'm, so I'm walking everywhere. I'm walking around. I'm, I'm trying to, like, get it out of my system, you know. Like, if I start to feel sick, I'm throwing the fingers down. I'm trying to get it out. Like, so finally, after a few hours, it all kind of chills out. I'm straight to bed. I get some more food into me, straight to bed. I take 1.5 litres of water with me to bed. Yeah. Um, the, so I sleep on top of the Daimler truck. So the Daimler truck's got the tent on top. Yep. I, all I put in was a sleeping bag and a pillow. That's it. The thing was that comfortable. It's massive in there, like comfy as. It was brilliant. Didn't freeze? No. Nah, perfect. The sleeping bag I had was like minus 15 or something. Oh, you perfect. know, like we went yep. and geared up before we left. So yep. got all that sorted, um, drank the 1.5 litres. JD, middle of the night, I could hear him work and I can't remember. I was semi-asleep. I could hear him work and I was like, you're right, JD. He's like, yeah, yeah, you got water. I'm like, oh, no, I drank it, but I'm fine. He put another 1.5 in with me. Yeah. So um, I ended up drinking almost all of that as well. So through the night, I drank two to two and a half litres worth of water, you know. Damn. So, um, and I woke up with a, yeah, had a monster leak in the middle of the night, obviously. And then, but I woke up good. So I woke up like... um, not waxy, not foggy, nothing. I was, was going to say, did you were you worried that you were going to wake up a bit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I was freaking out about. Like, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I was proper stressed, mate. I was like, you got no idea how clean skid I am. Like, I, I hadn't had any beer, hadn't had any coffee. I, I, I'd been so good on the lead up. Yeah. Like, so my body was like used to like good food 
and water. Like as pure as it can be. Yeah, basically. yeah, for me, yeah. like that's right. Yep. Like no soft drink, no like a bit of orange juice maybe. Like I was like... Coffee f- and and four months. Yeah. Like that's yep. a big thing as well. Like all these things, all stimulants and that as well. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So even getting off coffee was... That's a podcast in its own. That's crazy. Like I was having withdrawals and all kinds of shit off coffee. Like nuts. Um, wow. My body was literally as clean as it could be, you know. It's clean as my body being in my adult life, that's for sure, you so know. did you feel the best you've, like, ever? Yeah. Yep, yep. Like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, like, especially in the last probably eight, ten years, for sure. Wow. The mind, everything. Like, eating good. Yep exercising, it, like, yeah, it was really good. The clarity that comes with that, mm. it, yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, highly – we all do the same thing. I'm never going to sit here and pledge to people to do one thing or the other because I was eating pies and caramel tarts and, <laughs> you know, 10-plus shots of coffee a day. So everyone does their thing. But, yeah, it was way, way better. Yeah, I'll try my best to keep it up. <laughs> Man, that's – yeah, like when, when we – First got here this morning. Yeah. First thing I did was say, "Do you want a coffee, mate?" Yeah. And yeah, I couldn't. I knew you liked coffee, so yeah, yeah, I yeah. couldn't believe that you're off it in four yep. months. Well done. That's yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's huge because yeah, it is an addiction, massive addiction. You know? the, the withdrawals I had, like I was at training, yeah, cowering in the corner, sweating, and like my jaw was caning, headache, foggy, like proper looking like a cracky. Yeah. From yep. coffee. Yeah. They're yep. the most legal thing. Like, it's on every corner. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Know? It's only because they can make money out of it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but like I said, I would never harp on it. Everyone no. do you. Do your own thing. Yeah. yeah. And anything, it's like anything. Everything in moderation is probably not a bad thing, you know. For sure. Yeah. Always said I'd get back on coffee too. I don't think I will. Really? Nah. I tried some the other day. Not a fan. You passed it? Yeah. It's funny like that. I think it is a um, an acquired taste. Yep. I really do. I think uh, like the first time you try it. Probably like beer. Yeah, to be we honest. force ourselves into it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you know, for sure. The first beer, you're like, hmm, don't know too much about yeah. this, and then, <laughs> then it sort of changes. Dad drinks that are going to have to drink. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's a cultural thing. Hundred percent. So Saturday night, you've camped out. You've got Sunday up, night. Yep, yep. Uh, sorry, Sunday night for yep. Monday's racing. It's weird having racing on a Monday. Yeah, it is. Yep. Um, yeah, and then uh, yep, so what happens in the? Wh- how's everything going on Monday? Good. Did, yep, really good. And like the. Um, I think Desiree put on food and everything that night. So we oh, ate some they? of that plus our own food. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, woke up, felt good. Yeah. Ready to rock and roll. And then um, kind of weird in the morning because you're there, you know, you can hear the truck starting to leave. So that's when everything sort of starts to kick yeah. off. People are, all through the night, people are working. So there's people working on buggies and bikes and you can hear things starting and stopping and because they've broken so much stuff or whatever, you know. Yep. So there's people that are, their vehicle can't, make the next day so they're trying to get it ready to make the next day again you know like so the track is so grueling like there was a flatbed truck full of dirt bikes there's like a little graveyard on the truck wow snapped bars snapped front ends like all the ass end of them off like it's a grueling super hard race for for anyone that doesn't understand like even as a motorcycle rider or or not it's like like I said, it's not that technical like a single trail, but it's the most grueling race I've ever done by a long way. Like, it just doesn't stop. It's your machinery is just getting beaten for three hours and 18 minutes constantly. You do not get a break. Yeah. You do not get a second. So everyone's machinery is the same. So whatever their machinery is, is just getting beaten for 230 kilometres like it never has before. 
So all night, that's all everyone's doing is fixing bikes, changing things, checking things. Like yep. they don't want to leave the next day for a 230k leg and have one little bolt hold them up. Mm, mm. So everyone's checking their bolts, changing bolts, whatever. Checking shit with their motors and everything. Changing oils, the works, and air filters. So, yeah, in the morning, there's people still sort of clambering to get finished. Some people may not have even slept, you know. Wow. And then, yeah, and there's people lending a hand everywhere. Like, it's a really cool atmosphere. But, yeah, kind of weird in the morning because you know you've got a big leg. You're kind of waiting for it all to kick off. The cars are going. The cars start get going. Everything starts to kick into gear a bit more. You're having brekkie, stretching, rolling, getting things happening again. And then... It went really strange. So kind of got – because I was – same thing. I was a lot further up the order than I was the day before, but I didn't want to sit in the sun. So, okay, yeah, that's something I was going to ask you. So your starting spot is from Sunday's yes, finishing, finishing spot, time. isn't it? Yes, that's exactly. Right, hey? So I'm 106 yep. positions further up the grid than I was leaving Alice. Damn. Yeah. So – but still, like, there was – I think that's 380th – Roundabouts. Yep. So I had to – I still knew there was 380 bikes I had to leave before me. So I wasn't going to run up there and sit in the sun and wait. Mm. I just chilled at the camp, waiting, waiting. Next minute there's sort of no one around but no bikes left. It's a long time. Like surely something's got to happen soon, you know. Waiting, waiting. Oh, I'll go up and have a look anyway. We've been sitting there for hours. So I got up and had a look. That's when I got the information that a spectator had died – uh, buggy had um, not the buggy's fault at all. Buggy racing incident come yep. over a crest. Uh, uh, as far as I know, kind of dove the front in a little bit, kind of lost control, and speared off the track. Mm-hmm. Fine, no problem. But their crowd, like I said, is just lined across the track, and it's towards the end of the track as well, well on the way home. And so it's close to Alice. There is a lot of people, like bucket loads of people. It's kind of what makes the race. Is they're just Insane, You know, they're right on that edge of that track. Mm. And so there's been a death there. And straight away, like, obviously, no matter what happens with the race or whatever, that's where everyone's mindset goes. Like, yeah. no one wants to hear that. No, like, the poor person is on the side of the track just watching the race. I think as bad the person, the poor people in the car... For sure. ...have now just killed someone when they're just trying to race as well, you know? Yeah. So that's all going through now. It's kind of – everyone's kind of scampering everywhere. No one really knows what to do. All the organisers don't know what to do. They're kind of waiting on word because now it's a crime scene. Like how, yeah. now how are they going to get these 600 motorcycles back that don't have rego? So we can't ride the service road because there's no registration. Oh, jeez. Yeah, of course. So – Because it's a, it's a permitted road. Yeah. So now they've got to get us all back on the track – Somehow, but they're trying to find out, like, okay, do we send them on the service road because it's a special circumstance or something, I guess? You know, like, they're trying to work all that out, whatever it was they are working out. So they did a great job there. Um, and we're running out of time. So it's a long ride back. So yeah. the sun's going to come down eventually. So no one wants to ride at night. No. So um, Cold at night. Yeah. So And then, so what they did was they lined everyone up in groups of 50. Oh, did they? So 50 bikes... In one hit. ...at a time heading back. Well, on, they, not on the service road? On the track, yeah. So 
right or wrong, who knows, you know? Like, that, they had to get all these bikes back in a certain amount of time. Yeah. It's probably the only way to get all those bikes back. The dust is bad with five. 50. 50. So, and like I say, they, I'm not taking a dig at them or anything because no. they've done exactly what they're, like, they've done the best that they can do. Situations with, change exactly, situations. Yep. Exactly. So, yep. and on a dirt bike, you can probably do 20Ks an hour and just make your way through. It probably doesn't matter. Mm. I can't really go under 60 in that deep sand because the bike will just fall over. It will just bury itself and yep. fall over. Like, it, it just won't do it. On the corners and stuff, it can because it's kind of the sand doesn't get as deep. But for a long period of time, it won't work. So I'm freaking out. I'm thinking this is going to be... So, and the race is cancelled. So the race is also cancelled. So, so you know the race is cancelled before you leave? Yes. Okay. So whatever... We haven't even asked this... Like, I'm not sure at this point what the result's going to be or is it just all canned or anything. Yeah. It doesn't really matter at this point, right? So um, the race is cancelled. So it's a trail ride home. But my trail ride speed on a Harley and David Walsh's trail ride speed are obviously going to be, and then everyone else in between that, are, are, are totally different levels. For sure. And there's still going to be people racing. Like, let's face it, you've got 600 people on motorcycles that are all, we're all going to race. You Middle know, of the like, desert made the trip of their lifetime out to there. Yeah. yeah, so they're all going to have, go give it hell on the way home. So, um that made it really hard. So there was people flying past, then there was people you were catching. In the first kilometre, I, I actually almost killed two blokes. So they crashed because you can't see. So they've crashed. I can't see they've crashed. Next minute, I'm missing helmets by... Like, I'm wincing. That's how close I am. I'm wincing. Oh, I think I'm going to hit them, you know, like... Mate. And you don't have the manoeuvrability of, I like we were saying from the start it. of, yeah, yeah, from prologue, like that section of the prologue track, you don't have the manoeuvrability of being able to just duck out of the way. Especially in the sand. Damn. You need to set like angles just to manoeuvre yep. the bike, you know, you can't just whip it. So um, I start, like, I'm like, this is not good, you know, this is not good at all. So then um, we probably weren't allowed to, but it is what it is. We popped on the service road for bits and pieces. Yep. We'd pop on the service road, no dust. The yep. service road's terrible. Like, don't don't think for a second we're getting out scot-free here. Like, it's not a road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we'd rip along there. Then uh, me and Rossi just sort of linked up and then we'd pop back onto the track yep. and pop back on the service. Like, we just caught a swap and change and um, depending on the – like, uh, there was heaps of people on the service road, you know. Like, mm -hmm. we'd get – as long as we went through the checkpoints, we made sure we went through all the checkpoints yep. so that the transponder clicked so they knew where we were. Oh, yeah, yep. Um, and even there, they're like, we're not going to tell you how to get back. Just make sure you go through a checkpoint. They knew. They knew the yep. situation, you know. Um, like I say, probably not meant to be there. My bike's registered anyway, so... Realistically, you're all fine. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, um, that, like, there was heaps of obstacles in that, mate. That was just... Honestly, think for the Harley, it's probably safer to jump out of a plane and pack your own parachute, you know. Like, the the just the carnage and the people and... But it was awesome. We pulled up at the, which is now our first fuel stop on the way home, which is the 160 where Dan the Man is. Yeah. Um, had, a, had a beer each, you know, like, yeah. so only one beer. And had a beer, cruise, talk some shit, because it's, it's, it's done now. Like, it's a free-for-all. Yeah, yep. so it kind of changed the whole thing. Me and Rossi had a blast, but cruising along, like, ginning around and yep. 
but we've never really actually just rode together like that, you know, like yep. we're always racing each other. So like just a trail ride, isn't it? Yeah, so that was super fun, just being dills, you know, like <laughs> found a little concrete culvert, did a little skid and <laughs> <laughs> so the we were just having fun. And then um got back to eighty Ks from eighty K like we were popping on and off, but at eighty Ks we popped on the track and stayed on the track from there. Yep. And then um mate, my wrist was killing me. Like the service road's got some big holes in it and you can't see them at all. Wow. And because they're just like dust from cars and stuff. It's like, just looks flat. And then, um, so it's kind of an uneventful story on the way home, really. You know, pulled up the fuel stop, filled up that last fuel stop, rode the track the whole way back, got into Fink, uh, sorry, got into Alice. Same thing, kind of weird, you know, like it's... Weird vibe. Yeah, you pull up, we've now done it. We've now gotten from Alice to Fink and back. It's kind of like it's kind of like it's kind of weighing on you. Have you? You haven't raced there and back. Mm. You, the bike did it. We did it. Yes, we've hopped on the track uh, on the service road a few times. But anyone that's been out there, they know. It, yep. You know, it's 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 no walk in the park swapping over. So first thing I did, dumped the bike, sat on it. I had a beer <laughs> straight away. <laughs> yeah, I think the first one I poured through my helmet. Um, and then um, seen all the girls and everything, did all that. And then kind of me and Rossi just talked for a bit, chilled for a little bit. It's kind of done, mate. Like the presentation got cancelled. So it was like, it's kind of a shit ending, you know? Like it's a bit hollow. Yeah, it is. Yeah, kind of like all the work and the, the high of getting to think and like everything, like now we get back and then it's just nothing, you know? Like, and it's selfish to go that way because... You know, there's it been a massive tragedy, but it's just a very weird situation. For sure. Where, you know, you can't really describe. What was, you know how when you went out to Fink, the yep. crowds, the first 80Ks was hectic? Yep. Coming back that last 80K, were the people still there? Yeah, there was kind of, yeah, same thing. Like, I or don't think some scattered? of the crowd really knew either. Because there's no reception in a lot of spots too, I believe. Yeah, and yeah. they wouldn't know. So, yeah, they were, but you could sort of see they... They're probably not making sense of it. Like, what's going on here? It, they're not raced. Like, there would be people that are fast way, way back, and like yep. people, like it just wouldn't have made any sense, you know. Mm. So you, it definitely was a still people cheering and everything, but yep. it was a little bit different. Probably yep. mainly in my helmet, but yeah, different vibe for sure. Wow. Yeah. And they were all they they weren't clowning around like on the track or nothing. Um, there were spots where people were um, mainly on the first day. And then, um, and I guess that's the problem, right? Like, yeah, it's part of you know, it's it, it had to happen eventually. Yes, yeah. Um, I, oh, yeah, it's hard because it was the best. Like, it's the best atmosphere, and, for sure. and it's just a tragedy. It's a one-off tragedy. Yep. So, it's really, I'm all for them being like right on the edge of the track and all that was great. But probably, you know, they probably shouldn't be be a bit sensible about yeah, it. Yeah, probably shouldn't be like they, I don't know. I don't know how they fix that, mate. I don't know. I think I think you think along the same lines as me as well. I'm, I'm a person that's against cancel culture. Yep. I'm against people can, like cancelling events or cancelling things because of of that. Yeah. You impose a risk on yourself. Yeah. And you you go, "Okay, I've taken that. That is my own thing." Yeah. But make a safe judgment of where I should be. You yeah, know, that's I think right. that's it cuz the trouble is someone externally listen to this or look at the look at the event and go oh look at all these people no they've taken a, their own on, on themselves and that's right yeah, yeah you yeah. can't go cancelling things for if you if you're standing a couple of feet away from a trophy truck that's doing 150 k's an hour sure. and you don't 
assess the risk you don't for yourself. Understand. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, you see that to, video sure. that um, Toby put up? Yeah. Like, mate, that's the little kid. I don't. No, I didn't see the kid one. I don't think, but it was a, a guy in like a pink a pink suit. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, like yeah. that is everyone spectating here. Yeah. And then someone takes it three meters out to here. Yeah. That's a different story. You know, like yeah. that's different. You know, and yeah. I seen that. and I'm like, wow, that's. Yeah, that is crazy, you know. And, and what's we like the guy that got done? He's a photographer. He was in a bad spot, yes. Okay. Yeah. But it's not like he was on the track, drunk, being an idiot. Yeah. So that just shows that, yeah, that guy's taken an even bigger risk. Yes. But it's it's a one-off, like it's a it's a racing incident, an accident, or incident. It's an accident. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. So it's a super hard one, mate. There's no real. I don't think there's an answer for it yep. or anything. Or like, no. You can't really have an opinion on it. it no. Just. It just is what it is. It's an accident. Is. Condolences yeah, to him and his family and the, yep. the people involved in that event. Yep. And it's a very difficult situation, but um, yeah. it's, an, it's an incident that did happen. Absolutely. And shout out to the like the whole committee of the race getting us all back and everything. Yep. Like, people were turning up and it was dark. So if they hadn't sent people in 50s, what time will we get in? Wow. You don't know, you know. That's so what, what time I mean. do you get back? I'm not sure. Maybe like 5 o'clock. Yeah, it would have like been that. getting dark for you then. Yeah, yeah, Especially yeah. like you're in the middle of winter, you yep. know. Yep, it was starting to go down. Damn. Yeah, the one thing as well, even riding in the dust, um, the Dirty Tricks give me one of those headlights, those bug eye style headlights. Oh, yeah. The thing is that bright. Are they they're next around yep, the corner? Just, hey? just next door. Yep. Yeah, cool. Yep. So the thing was that bright. Made yep. it, it's just a difference, especially riding on the um, service road. If there was a car coming the other way, yep. they could see my light through the dust. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. Just little stuff like that. Yeah. What a journey. Crazy. Yep. Yeah, it's... Yep. One other question with it. You're a mechanic. You're yep. a hands-on person with it. You build your own bikes. You do everything yourself. Yep. How was it taking the back seat? Good. You enjoyed it? Yeah, I actually did. Like, it was really cool. Um, I think as well because I, I put so much faith in um, uh, JD and Gavin that, you yep. know, like, um, I knew I was in good hands. Um, talking with them, like, they had nothing but my best interest at heart. Like, they cared. They, I was literally like, like I said, JD would be slaving on it, and, and Gavin as well. You know, like, but um, I would be able to do my job, go home to my family, do life as normal. Yeah. And it was just happening in the background, kind of thing. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I really actually really enjoyed it. It was good. Because it's 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 a different step, you know, especially when you're a hands-on person, you do your own stuff. Um, yeah. It's a different thing to do. And like I always say, the team we have, it makes it so easy so that I can, I trust every single person out there with my yep. life, no worries whatsoever, you know. So um, realistically, it's probably safe for them doing such a long, grueling process because they're not pulled off to talk to someone or answer a phone call or do this little job or no. whatever, you know. Like, So it, it realistically, it, it'd be a safer option. What would you change? Um, I'll do it next year on my other sporty. You so, will do it on a sporty? Yeah, yep. yeah. That and I would probably get more people involved because they're very expensive. So yeah. I just want to do it on my own back. Like I said, I was a little bit down on myself after – not down, but spewing after um, the States, mm. that not getting into X Games. So um, – and, like, I just didn't want any of that, you know. So, like, I had bell helmets, carbon helmet, mat, like I said, my neck was sore. Imagine with a heavy helmet. Absolutely. So carbon helmet through bell was a big – game changer for me i couldn't you know bell's been great to me so i couldn't pass that up um and then just like obviously rock suspension doing all suspension stuff like that and then um uh joshy doing the stickers and stuff like that so um 
Ride Design Ride Co. Ride Design Co. Yep. yep, thank you. I had full mind blank then. Um, the stickers look great. Like the bike looks so badass. Mm. Looks real what I thought, you know, Seth would ride type Pay his homage to, to its that's, history. That's the perfect it? word. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. So, um, and then Dirty Tricks with the headlight and then us, you know, like so. And obviously Gav. Yeah, Man. so... The next time, I would get a lot more people on board for sure yeah. just to help offset that expense because um, it was expensive, mate. Like the, the, anyone that's done it knows the travel, the fuel, the, all the li- little stuff you wouldn't think of, yeah. accommodation for everybody. Like it all adds up so quick. Would you – you motelled it the whole time? So because we flew yep. um, and that was another expense. Yeah. So it's a thousand, almost a $1,000 a ticket per person. Yep. And then um, – uh, we stayed in Big Four. Okay. That, that, yeah. Oh, in the uh, van park? Yes. Yep. Yeah, cool. Yep, just stayed yep. in like the, the rooms, you know, like yep. the bungalows or whatever they are. So that was sick. Um, but, yeah, that would be one thing. Like You could do it a lot cheaper, obviously, but it's, I kind of need a team with a Harley. I can't do the club fuel stops because I need someone there. If something's broken, they, I need it fixed. For sure. You know, so um, we took tools to every fuel stop and like little packs of everything, you know, so spares and... So, yeah, to do club fuel stops on a Harley is probably not ideal. Not going to happen. Yeah, um, you'd really want to maintain your machinery if you did. Um, But, yeah, apart from that, I would do it on my other bike, do it on the other sporty. Um, Yeah, that would be it. I'd do the same thing, same crew, same people. Um, Yeah. Tell me, tyre, did you do tyre each way or to make the... No, I haven't changed those tyres since I rode the bike. No way. 100%. They're the same tyres. That are on there even today? Yep. Yep. Since I started riding the bikes, they're the first tyres we put on. Unreal. 300 (laughs) 300 kilos, a bit of horsepower. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That terrain. Yep. Because the sand's not that hard on them and not at the pace I was riding it at, you know what I mean? That's where it comes in. Like, um, I'm not hitting shit the way the guys on the KDMs and that a guy on a, when we got to think, a guy on a KDM come up to me, KDM 500, old earth fella. Yep. He come up, he's like, I had to find you. He goes, I was, I was ripping along, ripping, he's doing about 90 k's an hour, he said, in this deep sand. Yep. Good speed, bro, feeling good. I would have passed him way over 100 k's an hour. He's, he said, I just blasted past him like he was standing still. And he was, he was like, that is great, but also... He's like, <laughs> he's like stoked, but he was also like, damn it, I've just been passed by Harley. <laughs> In my terrain. Yeah, so, and I was kind of like, I was probably a little bit rude to some people, like blasting across the, especially if I thought there was any corners, yep. I'd try and dust them out. Yep. Because I didn't want them to get me back on the corner and then I had to work back at it and all that kind of stuff, you know? like Makes sense. There's a lot that goes into it, mate. And the, if the wind was blowing it this way, I would be that way. And then the track would change, so the wind would blow it the other way, so I'd be that way, like... Yeah, that's that's and that sort of touches on your smarts, like you said a couple of hours ago. Now, yeah, you got some smarts about you as well. That yeah, thinking of that sort of stuff because man, you put all that much work into that spot, and then the next thing you get taken in the next little section. Yeah, do your head in. I really didn't want to hurt anyone in a corner either, or get hurt. Yeah. You know, one guy in a yellow flag section, literally yellow flag section, ran into me. Hit you from behind, ran into me as we were turning. I just looked at, back at him. I'm thinking, like, it could be all over because yep. you're a dumbass, you it's know? A like stupid move. Yep. And a yellow flag section. Like, we're, we're sitting in the top 400. Yeah. Relax, mate. Yeah, take like, it. You're not going to win it here. Like, 
People, eh? They just yeah. just don't understand <laughs> but sometimes. But apart from that, I had no issues. No? No issues, no. You know the offs you had? Yes. To hurt yourself at all? Yeah, like, nah. Sore, but nah. Nothing bad. N- nothing bad. Like I said, because I'd worked up so much in my mind of what I was prepared to do. Yeah. Nah. 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 I was prepared to take serious damage. I was finishing that race, rain, hail or shine, like it was going to happen. It's on. Yeah. What's next for you? Um, so... So I've got two more things on my bucket list, which is ice racing. Yep. So I really want to do like a Jamaican bobsled style thing, like train for it in the hot Sunshine Coast <laughs> and then go to ice, you yep. know. Um, and then I really want to race Isle of Man. Yeah, right. On a Harley, yep. yeah. I don't, know, don't try not to say to too many people because it's like the da- most dangerous, death-defying thing in the world. But mm. um, I really want to do it. I really want to do it on a bagger, I reckon. Yeah, because there's lower ranks and that of it. You've got to hold a, one of their licenses for a year, so we're going to look into that yep. um, towards the end of this year, start of next year, of how we do that. Yeah. And then work out how we do that. So um, road racing's taken off, which is awesome with the Harleys here, and lots of blokes are doing it and that. Might not ever happen, mate, but you know what I'm like. I like to – right now it might sound dumb and stupid yeah. and wild and out of yep. this world. In two years we might be sitting here. Yeah. Who and knows? if you don't say it – It'll never happen. Yeah, exactly. You know? So I really want, like, I would love to get proper, uh, I'd have to get proper people on board for that, you know? Like, sure. I would, it would have to be a uh, an actual factory-style for sure. operation, you know, because, um, and now that I've said it, someone would probably do it, but, um, and I hope they do. I just like doing things on Harleys no one else has done. People have raced Harleys on ice before, obviously. I just want to do that. Because it looks cool, it looks guys. Good big spikes on tires. Looks unreal. Yeah. And um, I've, I've been practicing my crawl in case I crash. <laughs> and um, uh, so I really want to do those two things. In what order I do them and when I do them, I don't know. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then I, I think I'm done, mate. After that, you know, like I think I'm leave it to the young fellas. You know, have you have you been keeping track of the bagger racing league? Yeah, so? yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Mate, yep. like when you're talking about, you need a factory team. Yeah, look at the, the money that's been invested into that. Crazy. Yeah, like you have you dissect those bikes. Yeah, it's me and Ralph were just talking about this morning. Like they they've gone, it's all out, all out, full factory spec. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So which is unreal. And they, you've got people that can really ride that are coming last. Like they've got like yeah road race guys. Yep. And like I say, now that I've said it, someone will probably do all the man with all this bag of stuff coming up as well. Someone you know it's probably already on someone's radar. Mm. Um. But yeah, fingers crossed because you've got to hold their one of their the whatever yeah, the, country it is license for a year. Yep. So we're going to look into that and um, go see Ferg and see if he'll give me a bagger that I can go and destroy. <laughs> Jeez, imagine <laughs> it over there. <laughs> yeah, it'd be awesome. So, but yeah, apart from that, not really much, mate. I've got to race Salt and Slide this year. I'm really looking forward to that. Be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been putting a bit of work into that. But apart from that cruise do the family stuff awesome yeah heaps of little holidays with the family with the bikes yeah all Cruising. in yeah 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 mate there was something I, I meant to ask you the, about uh, about one of the events as well but um, it's completely completely lost my memory mate but uh, proud of you you nailed you, it you, you, you know it's always good when people achieve something they say they're going to do yeah you yeah know? And not everyone does it so yeah. yeah proud of you you've done you've thanks, nailed it mate. thank you very much and um yeah thanks for thanks for being on show show 47 Sweet. and uh, number hell. two for you mate mate I'm, uh, well, number th- we had that little one with um with the race that's right we too. did the hooligan yeah. one in the um 
in the middle? The um, It's going great. I'm super proud of you, mate. You're doing really good. Yeah, yeah I love li- listening to them, love watching them, so keep it up. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers. That's all we have time for in today's show. If you get the time, head over to iTunes and give us a rating and a review. So once again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week with another show.